And now, his eyes are bluer than his baby blue shirt. He's the prettiest man in the room. Hey. He is Glenn. Well, that's nice. Clark. How about that? That's the most complimentary one he's ever done. How about that? Good morning. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn Clark. That's Paul Valley. And back in studio with us. It's been a long time. Used to do this every week. I hope that at some point the world allows us to do that again. But in the meantime, it's good to see him. Stan the Fan Charles is here. Glenn. He is the chief grand poobah here at Press Box. Thank stand you. Stand up. Thank Come you. on, stand up. Yeah, stand oh, up. A standing stand up. Ovation. I've Show never gotten a standing respect. ovation Show before. some respect. I've never got man. a standing ovation Good morning, before. sir. How are you guys? Good, good to buddy. See it's you. good to see you. Good, to, good see to see you. you. Good to see you. I haven't gotten the taste out of my mouth yet. What happened? Oh, of Thursday night? I ate something Thursday night that was just putrid it's what it is yeah. not a lot we can do about it but boy yesterday was sort of like it was endemic uh, across the league yeah uh, correct well it's been you know I, I did you see the Schefter tweet from last night in the last no. two weeks eight sub 500 teams have defeated a first place team in the NFL that's in just that's, the last two weeks that's unheard of in the last two yeah. weeks and some of that is like Minnesota who's Right. Nobody thinks that was stunning what Minnesota did going out and beating the Chargers. Right. I mean, I I didn't predict it, but nobody's stunned by that. That counts as one because Minnesota's sub-500. Okay. So they're not all as dramatic okay. as Miami over Baltimore or Tam Washington, Washington over Tampa. Tampa but, Carolina over Arizona. Right, but there's still eight sub-500 teams, and That's we're pretty deep into the season. We're yeah. talking week 10 of the year. Yeah that have defeated first-place teams over the last two weeks of the I, NFL season, which I'm, is kind of crazy. I'm in a pick'em pool that I'm operating, you know, I guess technically illegal. I'll do it again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, during this year, I thought, I, and you know me, we've picked against each other for four years. When, when I get to pick the games that I want, not every game, mm -hmm. I'm pretty good. You know, I mean, I'm not a genius level. Yesterday in one of my – entries i am 0 and 6 Ooh. going into tonight's Ooh. ram game in the other entry i played the full card i think i'm 3 and 8 or 3 and 9 something like that really uh, a rough, rough oh it batch. had been after what had been a very hot stretch for me i cooled <clears throat> off i have hit the cooler with some of these results in the last yeah. two weeks yeah it is what it is. Nothing we can do about that. Stance here. We're going to talk about the Ravens. We'll talk some baseball as well. Uh, coming up later on in the program, we're going to be joined by, of course, Jeremy Kahn, who joins us every Monday on GCR. Dan Shaughnessy is going to check in with us. Uh, Hall of Fame. He's got a new book. He does, He's yeah. Got a new book out. Of course, the uh, Hall of Fame Boston Globe columnist, who, uh, as Stan mentions, has a new book out called Wish It Lasted Forever, which is all about his time when he covered the Larry Bird Boston Celtics back mm -hmm. in the 1980s. Uh, so we'll talk to him about that. We'll talk to him a little about the Patriots. My God, they are legit, man. They are as for real. And I've I've been talking about them for weeks and trying to sell you guys that what they're doing is exactly what the Patriots do. I'm not telling you Mac Jones is Tom Brady. I'm telling you they're using him in a Tom Brady-esque way, and they're making it work with Bill yeah. Belichick. We'll talk Only more. Tom will tell whether he's in that level. Yeah, I'm, I'm, one, I'm, I'm very clear. Very it's level. insane to say anybody is Tom yeah, Brady. Right. It's insane. My point has been all along, what they're asking him to do is Brady-esque, is don't try to do anything crazy. Now, yesterday he made a couple throws. Like, the touchdown to Kendrick Bourne was nuts. Yeah. 
Um, yesterday he made some bold throws, but mostly it's been take what's there, what's in front of you, middle of the field, short passing, run the ball, play to our defense, and we'll win. Yesterday they actually had him open up a little bit downfield, yep. and if they if that's the next level for this, they could be really scary. Yep. We'll talk to Dan Shaughnessy about that. And also later on this hour, a great local story, and obviously it's a little bit more personal for me, as this weekend, for the first time ever, Loyola Soccer won the Patriot League tournament, and they are headed to the NCAA tournament. Uh, Steve Nichols, their head coach, is going to join us later on this hour, talk about the Greyhounds going back to the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2009, so over a decade since Loyola has reached the NCAA tournament. Great story, great local story. Um, as they're headed to the NCAA tournament. I think Maryland will make it as well. They did not win the Big Ten tournament, but I'm pretty sure Maryland will get Steve, in as well. Steve took that program over about four years ago? Uh, 2014. Uh, 2014 so was seven, his first season. Seven years. And, and I, I remember interviewing him at that time, maybe sitting in for you or something, but I was very even impressed. Maybe, might have been on the TV show too, yeah. Very impressed with Steve. Steve's Nichols. great, obviously, was a Loyola player and built a dominant program at McDonough and came back as – there's a there's a soccer tradition at Loyola. It's a lot. Yeah. It's like UMBC. You know, you know yeah. a thing or two about this. Yeah. Programs, schools that don't have football teams, soccer's really important in the fall. It's the sport that they can get, you know, fans, friends, yeah, alumni. Hang their hook on a little. Exactly bit. Yeah. right. And yeah. so it's a big deal at Loyola. They wanted to build that, and uh, they've been really good. And they've been in. They, this was their sixth consecutive trip to the Patriot League semifinals. They had lost in the semifinals the first five times. Finally broke through this year well, on the Patriots. First, League. you don't succeed. Yeah, try, 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 try exactly, again. Exactly right. So all that coming up on the program today. Um, we need to remind you that tomorrow night, the Tyus Bowser Show is back. We will be at Mother's in Timonium for the Tyus Bowser Show. Do we know who he? Not he yet, but I'm told it's a it's a special special guest. That's what I'm told for tomorrow Matt night. Jones? I don't think so. I don't think that's going to be the one. Although that would be wild. <laughs> that, if would that would be really be the wild. Case. Uh, we will be there. I uh, want to thank Press Box, Great Eights Memorabilia, Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, and Window Depot Baltimore for making it possible. WindowDepotBaltimore.com, Duffy'sGarageMD.com. And the NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard, is going to be joining us for the rest of the season for the Tyus Bowser Show, courtesy of my bookie. I'm excited about that. Um, we've been having an unbelievable time. I, I can't tell you enough. Tyus is just, he's wonderful, really. As far as players I've worked with and done shows with, and I've, you know, Stan, you've done this for a long time. I've done this for a long time. Not as long as you have, but, you know, a year or two shorter, I'd say. Um, but I've been around a lot of players that have done these shows, and Tyus will legitimately take time to chat. with. It actually becomes a problem. Like, right. we've actually had to develop a, like, we need to move him along. Right. In the past, we've needed to move people along that right. wanted to come up and tell them they're right. – I, I used to do, the like, the Dennis Pitta show, right? And somebody want to come up and tell Dennis the like personal story about, well, I watched the game with Bob and Sally and 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 little Cliff, and I was sitting in this chair, and when you caught the ball, I was, uh, and so you would have to have somebody like, all right, it's we got to move along, right. we can't. It's actually the opposite. When somebody comes to tell Tyus a story, we have to Tyus, have someone tell Tyus, Tyus it's time we to move we need on. to move on because he's asking quite. He's genuinely interested. He's one of the nicest people I've ever come across. We're asking for you to consider uh, bringing out a donation, either some canned goods of uh, Thanksgiving side items, or uh, a gift card. The Wiser Giant to help out Harvest of Hope was they try to take care of people in our community that need it this holiday season. If you do, you'll be moved to the front of the line tomorrow night to meet Tyus and his special guest at Mother's in Timonium. By the way, I put some stuff uh, for your 
Ah, your yes, coach thank drive. you. Thank you to Stan, and I guess I should say thank you to Jane, Jane as well, Jane, big yeah. time, she, absolutely. Jane put it together. It's yeah, in the, right? uh, It's in the conference room. I love that. Thank you to the Charleses for that donation. We are going to be collecting uh, coats, clothes, winter items for helping up Mission again, and if you bring them out tomorrow night to uh, Mother's and Timonium, I will happily take them off your hands. It doesn't matter if I stole any of the items. So, oh, you mean to years donate? Ago. Uh, yeah, years as long ago. as as long as at I this wasn't point, arrested, right, right? It's past the. I mean, are, are we are we good? I mean, yeah, have you fallen we're, out? We're of very right, good. All right, we're very good. good. Then we're good. I've got the receipts. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's what I needed to know. That's what I needed to know. No, that's quite fine. Uh, but we will be collecting more of that uh, over the course of the next month and a half, and I'll you give you and some Drew more details. You do an amazing job with that stuff. Ah, uh, it's yeah. been it's been an unbelievable privilege for over ten years now to yeah. be uh, to be partnered up with Helping Up Mission and what they do to take care of uh, those that are trying to get back on their feet in our uh, in our community. It's an incredible, special place, and anything we can do to help them out. We are happy to do that. So thank you to Stan and Jane, and thank you to all of you who I know. And, and can I just ask one question? Yes. The Helping Up mission is is more like it's not just donating like to Goodwill or something no, like that. No, this is going to go this straight is go- to going the— going to people that are— Trying to turn their lives exactly around and right. need clothes to go to work and and, and hold a job and and beyond that they need you know I, Jane was asking me what about yeah. like uh, suits and ties I'm like right. they regularly I'm told hey these guys need job interviews yeah. and they don't have anything to wear to a job interview so we we stress coats and jackets and things yep. like that and that's important but I'd go a step beyond that dress it's shirts. just as important to get clothes for job interviews sport um, coats I, I would ask if you would consider going out and purchasing a pack of new socks these are regularly people that don't have socks and underwear and things like that we don't want you to donate your underwear i want to make that very clear don't do that do that i'm sure there's another online system for that and that's not my world but well, i know some some women that sell their, I, their I, no, no no this is a different thing altogether if you want to go out and buy a pack of Hanes underwear brand at the new. store correct brand new. and donate that in fact we're going to be doing something again last year we had those uh, Cal Ripken those uh, cards that Tops donated to us that Cal Ripken had curated and we used that to raise some money we're going to be doing something similar this year I'll have details on that this week I'm uh, meeting with Chris Ruling from Grade Eights today um, but uh, we're going to donate so you can donate cash and we'll use that to purchase those types of things that we don't want you to donate. It's kind of like gas can night at Bowie. They didn't want you to bring. Yes, don't bring a full. Yeah, don't bring a full can of gas out for gas can night. That would be bad. That would be a very, very bad idea. Please do not bring. Yes, do not bring the underpants that you sweat in while you were playing basketball on Sunday. We are not going to donate those. They could mark on those bags for Drew Forrester. Right, if if he wants them, he can have them by all means. All right, uh, let's talk some. Let's talk about what happened this weekend. Yeah. Um. So. Stan, I'm, I got a column coming up today at PressBoxOnline.com, and it sort of dives into a topic that, that Paul and I were discussing on Friday and uh, that we were discussing with our various guests, which is I've had three days to mull over what happened. I've had three days, and I had a moment yesterday. But we, My wife and I escaped this weekend. We, um, Good for you. The truth of the matter is that I prefer the fall to the spring. We got married in May, and I just prefer the weather in the fall, and so we don't. We never do an anniversary thing mm-hmm. in the spring. We always try to push it off to the fall, and we go spend a weekend at a bed and breakfast somewhere. We've right. seen 
various towns. We've gone to Harper's Ferry, and we've gone to Chestertown, and we've gone to just various places in the area. Uh, this weekend, we went down to Williamsburg for the weekend, and we stayed at very a lovely nice. B&B in Williamsburg. It was a very lovely time. Saw Colonial Williamsburg, historic Jamestown. We even popped into Bush Gardens for a few hours while we were down there. Had a lovely little trip down to Williamsburg, my wife and I did. On the way home, very kind of her, she said, hey, if you'd like, I'll drive. I'll drive because I know you're going to want to watch football, and so you can watch football, and I'll drive oh, home. That's very nice. It's very sweet of you, Mrs. Yeah. Clark. Thank you very much. I, I, that means a lot to me, right? Now, she started to fall asleep, and I ended up having to take over the driving after a little while, but that's okay. That's okay. These things happen. The thought It, it was the thought that counted. Yeah. So I'm watching the, the early games, and she's half, you know, because she's driving, so she's hearing every now and then what's happening, and she says... I thought Tampa was good and Washington was bad. What happened? You would have thought that, yeah. And I said, you know, baby, I, you're right. I mean, like, they that's, that, that's what we all thought, right? We're all kind of a little surprised by that. And then she looked at me deadpan and she said, oh, and by the way, what the hell happened on Thursday night? Right. <laughs> and I've had three days to think about it and to mull it over. And I still don't have an answer. I'm still left somewhere between... It was Thursday night an example of it being this is the weird nature of the NFL. We talked about that eight eight under sub-500 teams that had defeated first-place teams in the last two weeks. Was it a Thursday night game on the road? Uh, since 2016, it's like 38 and 55 road teams on Thursday night football, whereas this season, for example, this season, yeah. road teams in the NFL as a whole are actually five games over 500. To- in totality. In totality. Road road teams, there is no home field advantage any longer. Road teams have a better record this season and did a year ago. A year ago was the first year in the NFL where road teams had a better record than home teams. I heard a stat yesterday that was astounding in the Philadelphia-Denver game. Were you watching any of that? I didn't get to watch any of that one. Okay, well, I was watching the Red Zone, so I'm watching that game. And that was one of the only games I picked correctly throughout the day. I had Philadelphia in that game. Do you know that the Eagles have 17 sacks on the road? Okay. And how many do they have at home? Seven. One. (laughs) Okay. One sack. It's a weird bit, man. That is a weird. That's a really weird bit. I don't know what to make of it. Yeah. But is it a Thursday night road game? The fact that, like, is it? The, The only thing that was scary to me about that game was, and I watched it with somebody that absolutely hates Harbaugh, hates Greg Roman, and hates Wink. Ken Zalis? You watched no, the game with no, Ken Zalis? No, no, I did it's not. weird. No, I did not. Uh, this person, and it made it actually uncomfortable to, to sit and watch the game. <laughs> is he aware of the team? The team's yeah, really good. I, I, right, like, I, is this I, person I, aware? I, I got it. I got it. <laughs> but the only thing that scared me a little bit is did, did they undress themselves on this inability to pick up massive blitzes? You know, you would have thought that after the first half, they'd go in and come up with something, some extra people back to chip on, ta- you know, the chip in the tight end and doing so. It was it was astounding how poor their 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 understanding of what was going on against them, and they had no ability to adjust at halftime. And and so that speaks to the other side of what I'm talking, yeah. which is. Or are we seeing bigger flaws that can't just be dismissed and are going to prove to be problematic to perhaps fatal for this football team? And I can't 
dismiss what happened on Thursday night as just weird. Yeah. I, I can't fully it was, dismiss it. Was it. More, it was kind of more than that. I, I think the pendulum swings a little bit more towards the, the flaws. And to your point, Stan, a lot of people would say, why weren't they running draws? Why, why wouldn't – you know it's coming. Why aren't you running draws? And that, to me, speaks entirely to they don't believe they can run the ball. They don't believe that these guys can run the football. And, and, and they're pretty much – it's a wish fulfillment there at this point in time. They don't run the football particularly well. They, tr- they came out on Thursday night. They tried, you know, after, after not doing it the week before until the fourth quarter, they tried to start the game by running the ball a little bit. And it looked in the first, you know, five minutes or so, the first ten minutes – like they maybe they had found something in Devontae Freeman. And then, you know, that dissipated. Ten carries, three and a half yards per carry. That's that's it, that's more likely who Devontae Freeman is. It was certainly some of it was the Thursday, you know, after playing an overtime game the previous Sunday, which, you know, people probably a lot of people forgot that they played overtime the other night. That's six snaps yeah, offensively. That's a lot of snaps. They played with heavy legs. It looked like that the entire way through. They just uh, so I'm going to chalk it off to a confluence of things, but the most alarming of which was that inability to to readjust the offense in any meaningful way to to stop what the Dolphins were doing. A Dolphins team. Paul, that was what thirtieth in the league on defense going into that game. Thirtieth in the league, yeah, on defense. Yeah. I, I look at it, and to me, the Ravens are just so beat up that if Lamar Jackson plays as poorly as he played, it's arguably one of his worst games as a Ravens as a Ravens quarterback. If he doesn't play well, at a very they, high level, they yeah. don't win because they're they're too beat up. I don't think people talk about their Super Bowl aspirations. I don't see it just because Lamar can only do so much. And well, if, like I said, if he doesn't play well, they don't win. Now that's the part that like I I have to I can only push back a little bit, but I will push back a little bit. I, Lamar Jackson typically plays really well. Yeah. And and that's that's the good news. The good news is what you're not saying is either Taylor Heineke needs to play really well or they're going to lose. Well, if that's the case, then you end up being the Washington football team. Like, yeah. you might get a day like yesterday where Taylor Heineke played unbelievably well, but there's no reason to have faith or confidence that's that something gonna that do you that can do consistent. regularly. Yeah. Lamar Jackson might be capable of that. Might, mm-hmm. but the, more like, the, the greater likelihood is that at some point he's going to run into another you know, one-down game, and if that happens to come in the postseason, that's going to be the end of it. They have no other way to make up for Lamar right. Jackson having a down game. Yeah. So it's way better to, to be that scenario and for it to be Lamar Jackson than yeah. it for be another quarterback. But the, the scenario I still think is true. They are down to either Lamar Jackson has to play unbelievably well or it's going to be very difficult for them. Not impossible, because somebody would point out it's not like he played brilliantly in the Chargers game. It just so happens to be the Chargers kind of never showed up in that game and so you know they were just able to to kind of coast and and never really be threatened but he needs he can't play poorly if he plays poorly which I think we would all agree even though um Sammy Watkins probably should have made a play on the ball in the end zone and even though Marquise Brown dropped the one on the outside that was right off of his hands we still mostly would say Lamar Jackson played poorly Mm -hmm. again injuries being real the offensive line is a mess, and, yep. and, and the scheme and the play calling, we can talk about all that we want to talk about. But we just don't think Lamar Jackson had a good night what, against the Dolphins. What do you think Dolphins. was going on, though? The, the, the pit, that was the perfect game by mid-second quarter 
to have gone no huddle, like continually, to, to try and at least break up the momentum of the Dolphins' defense. And what was especially also disconcerting in that game, Glenn, was, was the, the sort of pace that Lamar played at, getting in the plays and coming up to the line. Every snap you were sitting there going, let's go, is right, he going to yeah. get it off? Yeah, let's go. It, yeah. I mean, it was really no, a, quite alarming. Somebody alarm. might point out that's the nature of not actually being able to practice, that, that yeah. that's more of a Thursday night thing when yeah. you don't actually have a week of practice leading up to a game that – I don't know. I don't. It it was it was inexplicable. I mean, it was it just looked lethargic. Yeah, it it looked terrible. utterly lethargic. And again, that the 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 lethargic side of it, you can lump into the weird nature of Thursday night football and all of those things. But in doing so, I don't think you can dismiss the problems. Now, what yesterday was a reminder of me to stand was, oh, of course, of course, we would have a fire alarm go off today. <laughs> of course, that would be the case. Um, it was a reminder to me of what we talk about. Yes, the Ravens appear to be a flawed team, but tell me who in the AFC isn't. Right. Tell me who the right. team is that isn't flawed. And when I bring this up, like when we do the post-game show with Rita, by the way, Project Game Day is back this Sunday. Um, Half-time half time and, post-game. and post-game. I think it's going to be Drew Forrester who joins me post-game okay. this week. Right. Looking forward to that um, as uh, Baltimore-Chicago on Sunday. It's all brought to you by Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Underdog Fantasy Football. We'll see it for Project Game Day this Sunday. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Postgame, PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. I bring that up with Rita, and Rita says, well, I don't care about those other teams. Don't tell me. I'm worried about the Ravens. Don't tell me about other teams' problems. We need to deal with the Ravens' problems. And, like, I get her point. I completely understand her point. But at the same time, in context, I think it's relevant. I think it's absolutely relevant that these other teams, you look around and you say, yes, I think the Ravens have problems. I think they might have serious problems. But you're still going to be hard-pressed to sell me on who doesn't. Like, you're going to be very hard-pressed to tell me who the unbeatable AFC team Uh, is. I still think they have less problems than anybody in our division, you know, by far. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the Browns are a disaster. Right. I mean, they're they're the – you know, they look good for a week, and everybody's like, ah, there we go. You know, this was proof they needed to get – they got rid of Odell Beckham, and that was helpful to them. It was addition by subtraction. Okay, for a game, for right. a game, it might have been they that. Were, they for one really game. shit the bed like yesterday in New England. I mean, well, they were terrible. Yeah, they were, just they were terrible. Off. They were absolutely terrible yesterday. And give the Patriots credit. I think, I, again, I'm coming around big time on the Patriots being a major threat in the AFC. I mean, I'm talking about a team that could win the AFC type of threat. The Bills look good again, but they played the Jets. They're a week removed from scoring six points against, against the, Jaguars, the Jaguars, right? right. Kansas City looked great last night, but my God, we've seen the Kansas City experiment throughout the course of the season. Mm-hmm. And I get it, the Titans are still the, the top team in the AFC, but without Derrick Henry, you saw a little bit more yesterday of how life can be quite difficult for them. They're fortunate that Adam Troutman jumped off sides on a two-point conversion, or else they likely would have gone to overtime with the Saints. Um It is part of the story. It's part of the story that as concerned as I am about the Ravens, and I'm concerned about the Ravens, I still think that they are among the top teams in the AFC, and there's nothing that anybody could tell me to convince me otherwise at the moment. Agreed. Agreed. So so here we are. So here we are. (laughs) They'll just keep moving forward 
And there's nothing they can do to change it at this point. They got the guys they got. They've got the Bears next Sunday yep, in and then, Chicago at one o'clock. Yes, and then the division games. And then the game, kick in. the Browns. And we play Browns, the Browns Steelers, at home. Browns. Yeah, we play the Browns at home on Sunday night. Correct. Yes, correct. Thanksgiving weekend. Exactly yep. right. The Sunday after Thanksgiving, there the Sunday night game. Then the Steelers. Then the Browns. And then the Packers and the Bengals. I mean, like it's. Yeah. It really ramps up for yeah, five rubber's weeks gonna, or so. Rubber's like it's going to hit the road. One hundred percent. And I can't. I can't. Uh, see the future if i could i probably wouldn't have bet on coastal carolina to beat georgia state on saturday not that i was really regretting that as i was trying to walk around and have a lovely time in williamsburg with my wife not that i was what the hell happened not that that was something that was going on (sighs) say la vie it is it is what it is it is what it is um all right have you been watching uh any wizards basketball i'm not a wizards guy stan i'm I'm just you know i haven't been for a long time uh, I've gotten to know Tommy Shepard a little mm-hmm. bit, the general manager. He he really fleeced. If Mitch Kupchak or Jerry West had been the the general manager of the Lakers, mm-hmm. that Westbrook trade would have never gone through. We got three really good contributing I, players. We. Right, uh, right. I, the like Wizards I played did. for the yeah. Wizards. Yeah. Right, the Wizards. I did. was a ball boy for the Bullets. There you so go. Well, so then I, I'm pretty I sure. I can say if, it's okay. So if they win, win, you get a ring, right? Yeah, I'm exactly. pretty sure that's the way that exactly. it works in perpetuity. They yeah. go back and say. And I interviewed Tommy Shepard. If so. you've ever been a ball boy for yeah. this franchise in any iteration, then you get a ring, I think yeah. is the way that it works. Yeah. They are in first place in the yeah. Eastern Conference, which is wild and certainly something that no one saw coming. They just have a very interesting team. They're deep and they got. Uh, Harrell, you know, Montrez Harrell, Mm -hmm. uh, Kuzma, Mm -hmm. and uh, KCP. uh, Caldwell Pope. Kentavious Caldwell Pope. They call him KCP. correct. Uh, All for for Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I I just think that's... They are, they, are, they are certainly an, a, a fascinating story in the early going of yeah. uh, the NBA season. It is early, long, long way to long go. Way to long go. way to go. They haven't reached 10 wins yet. Right. Um, but it's a fascinating story of a franchise. And uh, the, the the cool part about it is there's a local West story, on, obviously. West on Sell story. West on Sell Jr., who's a Baltimore guy. Have who, you had on? Have you had Bill Nelson on? No. I'm going to reach out so. to him think to so. do a Zoom. Yeah. You know? He was his coach yep. in college yep. at Johns, at Johns Hopkins. Hopkins. Yeah. Yep. Uh, who do you got tonight on Zoom? Bill Stetka, uh, Orioles uh, uh, VP of uh, Alumni Affairs. What time is that? That will be at 6 o'clock. Facebook.com slash Sports. If you miss it, you can see it tomorrow there or at PressBoxOnline.com slash video. And not sure if my partner will be there or not, Ross Grimsley. He's got, uh, there was something, he was coming back to Baltimore. He lives in Florida now. He and his wife live in Bradenton. But he was coming back for grandkids to see the, the soccer game or something. And one of, if they won yesterday, they were going to have to play today. So My brain hurts trying to figure it all out. My brain hurts. But hopefully... We love we love Ross. Hopefully uh, that'll be the case. Wednesday night at seven o'clock, uh, Gary Stein and I will welcome on our smartest guys in the room segment with uh, Andy Dolich, uh, former uh, executive mm-hmm. in all four major sports with the Capitals, the uh, Grizzlies, the 49ers, and the Oakland A's. Uh, longtime. Bay Area resident and Marty Conway. All right, the professor, absolutely. That's Wednesday night. All right, when we come back in, um, Steve Nichols, Loyola soccer coach, is going to join us later on this hour. But Stan, I want to take some time, you and I, and chat about um, this the baseball situation overall, just where we're headed, 
Uh, you might have seen this morning, Eduardo Rodriguez has signed with the Tigers, so there what, is. What, uh, what was the dollar figure? It was uh, seventy-seven it was, million. Yeah. I don't know the the For year. Four amount. years sounds like four years. But yeah. it, it also looks like one MLB insider to Michael Balco mentioned that the Carlos Correa to the Tigers is a done deal. Wow. Well, let's see. Yeah, let's. Th- there's nothing out there yet. Yeah, but it let's just see. Says let's th- see. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez is definitely a done deal, and it is. Um, it is indeed. It's a five-year deal. Five-year deal, according to Jeff Passan, between seventy-seven and eighty million dollars for wow. Eduardo Rodriguez, who, of course, we all remember once upon a time as an Orioles farmhand, um, and uh, went in the Andrew Miller deal to uh, Boston. And what people might, you know, over the years, a lot of people have things to say about the Jake Arrieta deal, and I've always said I've never had a problem with it. Jake Arrieta was not working here; you had to do something. It's unfortunate that it didn't work out, but I, I, I can't, I can't. This is not Anquan Bolden. It's one thing when you look back and say nobody thought it was a good idea. Right. We all at the time said you had to make a move, and I feel the same way. Like, yes, Eduardo Rodriguez has been really good, but they did something bold to try to help their team win, and they did. Um, just ultimately, I, I just wish that they had uh, had the foresight to even if if it was only signing Andrew Miller, yeah, the, for, to, or attempting to at least, and even if the idea was. And then we'll trade them right. mid-season if we're not in the race or something. Yeah, the, like the post-2014 season decision, I, I yeah. really, I mean, fell apart. That's where everything fell apart yeah. for the Baltimore Orioles is those three guys that yeah. they all passed on: Miller, Marcakis, and Cruz. Yeah. Um, and it, they all bit them in the ass significantly. Yeah. So that's that's. I have a far bigger problem with that Eduardo Rodriguez thing. I've never really looked back on and said, you know, that was a mistake for the Orioles. Yeah. All right, we'll come back in. We'll talk about the baseball situation. Steve Nichols will join us. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Stan the Fan Charles is in studio with us this morning. What's up, everybody? This is Taz Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Taz Bowser Show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on Pressbox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. PressBox and Grade 8's memorabilia bring you the next Tyus Bowser Show Tuesday, November 16th at Mother's in Timonium. It's also brought to you by Window Depot Baltimore, WindowDepotBaltimore.com, and by Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, Duffy'sGarageMD.com. All good things come to an end, which is the case with Window Nation's best offer ever. You can still get two free windows with every two purchased, plus no down payment, no monthly payment, and no interest payments for two years. But hurry, because this stellar deal ends this month. Cold weather is here, natural gas prices are the highest they've been in years, and wasting energy with old, inefficient windows will cost you a fortune. Get two free windows with every two you buy, plus pay nothing for two full years. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Looking for a simple holiday meal? Try Chick-fil-A catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. I love driving my tractor trailer. And just like you, I just want to make it to my destination safely. If you drive too closely to my truck, I can't see you, and you can't see what's in front of me. If I have to brake suddenly, our lives can be changed forever. If a truck stops quickly, can you? Don't tailgate trucks. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation, State Highway Administration. 
The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Mike Ashley dives in on 20 seasons for Brenda Fries as the head coach of the Maryland women's basketball team as she looks back but also looks forward. Plus, we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from every D1 program in the area. And the very first Baltimore interview with Elijah Green, the son of former Raven Eric Green, who could well be the Orioles pick with the number one spot in next year's MLB draft. Pressbox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You've got questions. They've got answers. Sure, I mean, we'll go with that. It's Glenn and Paul on Glenn Clark Radio. I know we're asking for a lot uh, this holiday season, but uh, that's the way. It's this time of year. We need you to be thinking about others, so we need you to help us stuff the truck this Saturday. Baltimore-area Chick-fil-A restaurants invite you to support Toys for Tots this Saturday, November 20th. Donate a new toy at any of their 13 Stuff the Truck locations and receive a free sandwich offer card as a thank you. For more information, visit PressBoxOnline.com slash ToyDrive. That's this Saturday, so you're out getting a head start on shopping. You're going to stop by one of your area Baltimore Chick-fil-A restaurants, drop off a new toy, and you get a free Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich, which, um, I mean, come on. That's serious. That's win-win is what we call that. That's the way that it goes. Again, PressBoxOnline.com slash ToyDrive to find out more. Stan the Fan Charles is with us in studio this morning. Great to have him. The Chief Grand Poobah is back. There is no confirmation from any baseball writers about the Correa thing, so we're going to leave that alone, and, and it's just a podcaster who's saying that, so we're not going to do anything more with that. We're just going to leave that until somebody who is actually a baseball writer is saying that, and then we'll react to it then. Um, so let's go to this, Stan. We see some money being spent today by the Red Sox and Eduardo Rodriguez. There were reports last the week. Tigers. Sorry, the, thank you, the, thank yeah, you, tigers, thank you, yeah. thank you. There were some reports last week that um, some of the main baseball writers think that you know the, the, some of the big dominoes, Carlos Correa's of the world, might fall um, before, before December first. Yeah. Art, do you allow you? Do you feel encouragement that maybe that means that perhaps we are not? headed to the work stoppage that everyone has assumed that we're headed towards. I don't know what to think. You know, I really don't. It's so, first of all, to just put it into perspective, we've not had a work stoppage since 1995. I mean, when, you know, I started doing the Stand the Fan Show in 1983, we had had the one in 81. Right. And then we had, I think, three or four others between 81 and 95. And now we've gone 26 years with relative labor peace. Uh, of course, Michael Weiner, uh, who was the player, yep. players, uh, the executive, the executive director yep. of the MLBPA, uh, was a much more conciliatory and and you know worked for a compromise. You know, but we seem to be in all of our politics these days very divided, very unable to see the other sides opinions and um it's a very very tricky uh, situation right now you know and when you boil it down and i think i did on saturday paul uh on the bat around um it's really not about the players like carlos correa or even eduardo rodriguez it's the major it's the 90 percent majority of the mlbpa that are getting squeezed both on the front end and the back end of their careers where there's really only like this maybe 
four to six year window where yep. they can make any money, real real so money. So this is the yeah. part that Stan, I'm I'm struggling to understand. Yeah. Are are they trying to what are they trying to break in this system? Because the truth is that the money is still there, right? Like the major league baseball players are still making, you know, a, gobs of money in this process. What are they actually trying to break? Through these negotiations, well, they're trying to. Uh, they would ideally love to get a year taken off of arbitration. Their their, their time to get the free yep. agency. That's really. But but what's happened is teams have gotten sophisticated enough. If you're 33 or 34 years old now and your contract is expiring, your chances of getting a three or five year contract are nil. And what they do is. They have, I won't say artificially created, but what they've created is back in the old days when free agency first came, they said that, well, why don't we make everybody a free agent every year? And Marvin Miller was smart enough to realize that's not the way you want free agency to work. You want there to be this special group Mm -hmm. each year or else the market was was going to be glutted. Everybody could find somebody. Yeah, and now... You have this majority of players are scurrying like in late January till March the 1st. Nobody has any certainty about where they're going to play from year to year. And I would say that the bit, the bit players and then some are really on the short end of the stick right now. I don't, you know, yeah. And, and I, but I don't know that the powers that be in the MLBPA are really going to bat for them so much as sort of taking these chances to break a system rather than really look out for the you know the working conditions of the majority of the players association. It's probably true. I mean yeah. you're probably right about that and 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 who the players association is supposed to work for is always it's a difficult a, right yeah, like yeah. like are you supposed to work for the work for the people that make the most money? You're supposed to work for the you know the majority of the players that don't make that type of money. It's a It, it just it, seems like the the majority of the pl- the, the players that are going to make the big money are the ones that Scott Boris is going to represent, you know, or the top agents are going to represent. And the rest of these players just are blown in the wind, sort of. It's just a, it's not a great working relationship anymore. And you really wonder, I understand you have to have a system in place, but you really wonder how you're going to break that logjam of getting players to be free agents earlier. That seems to me to be the big nut to crack here. The other issue that I'm wondering where it falls in all of this is the the trying to break tanking. Like where where does that fall in these conversations? So we had Elvin Dre- uh, Evan Drellich on the bat around uh-huh. on Saturday, and we were talking about from this. From the Athletic. It, yeah. From the Athletic. He writes a, he's a senior writer covering the business of baseball, and it seems like both sides, that's the one issue where they're on the same page. And what they're talking about is one side is proposing that no team can pick in the top five in the MLB draft 
more than two years in a row. I believe that's the owners are proposing that, and the Players Association are proposing no team can pick in consecutive seasons in the top five. So right there, that's how they eliminate tanking because you're not losing for anything at this point. And then there's also going to be the idea of the of the salary floor. And if there's a salary floor, you're going to make the that, Orioles spend yeah, that's the, forty that's to fifty the, million more than what they're spending right and, now. And presumably, these things would not be put into place immediately. They would be a ramp up there to would these. Be a graduated. Yes. Correct. Well, when, in, in, introduction of that. When I talked to Evan, he said that he seems to think that they wouldn't grandfather things in, that it might be an immediate thing for the for the draft. It'd be very, well, for the draft, for the no, draft. right. Yeah. For no, the I'm draft. saying for the but salary floor, salary it would be very that, difficult that, yeah, to that have teams immediately yeah. have to spend money on play. Like, th- th- this I goes think th- what you'd see is the, the floor would start off at $70 million or $75 million, you know, so that you couldn't have teams – like the Orioles, without Chris Davis they, yep. and and Alex Cobb last year, they probably spent twenty seven million on on salary last year. Having the a team like the Orioles have to spend sixty five seventy million immediately would would change some of the ni- dynamics of what I talked about because now you it's much more likely you can get a a relief pitcher in the middle there that's going to get four million dollars or you know you're. You're up against Although if that, actually it, right. If that comes for what it's worth, the Orioles could spend that money internally. Like there is the option to do that. It doesn't mean they have to go out and spend spend on a bunch of baseball players. They could choose to say the thing that we've been talking about forever. Let's start buying guys out of arbitration years. Let's start spending that money on our own players right. and trying. It's the thing that we've been asking for eternally. Right. Let's be aggressive and say. Let's try to get John Means before he, you know, buy out some of the arbitration years. Let's go ahead and start thinking about buying out arbitration years on a, a Ryan Mountcastle. Hell, as crazy as it sounds, this is what the the Royals did all the time, or the Rays did. Let's think about buying out arbitration years for an Adley Rutschman as soon as he comes up. Like, yeah. let's see if that's an option. I don't know if Adley Rutschman's team would be interested in that because they're probably thinking, you know, Boku money at this point, um, despite the fact the man's never played a major league game. But that's probably where they are. Um, so I don't know if that would be one that would work. But it right. doesn't mean necessarily that the Orioles would suddenly have to go out next year on the free agent market and be the top player in order to get to that floor. They could use what they have internally in order to try to help get to that floor. Correct. And that, by the it way, would be is, a mixture of right. And that's not a bad thing to me if it if it's what encourages them to buy guys out of arbitration years. Yeah. That's something that we've been asking for for a long time in Baltimore that the Orioles have not done. They have not had the vision for buying players out of arbitration years. They have been one to take advantage of every year they can get at a player at a certain cost control. So. I mean, look, clearly here in Baltimore, what they're trying right now is not working uh, in terms of engaging the fans. You know, the club drew no, 700. Not, right, not not the, the, the broader, yes, right. correct. I mean, you know, yeah, every – Everybody you talk to about the Orioles, they know about Adlai Rutschman and they know about Grayson Rodriguez, but they're not in the weeds and knowing every, every player that's in the organization. What they have at the major league level right now is not working. Well, there's no doubt about that. And it'd be, you're hard-pressed to envision it working next yeah. year. Like yeah. you, you just don't say Adlai Rutschman might be able to solve some things for you, but not to turn – you know, this yeah. into uh, a contender of any sort. Right. But I'm talking more about the fan engagement. I get you that, know, right. 770,000 right. fans is, that's, you know. Mm-hmm. And look, terrible. you know, obviously there was still the back end of a pandemic that was involved with that. Yeah. It's They they had other things yeah, they were working against, but no, we all know. We, I mean, we can feel it yeah. in town. Yeah. It's just not the same. There isn't that same engagement. Yeah. You're 100% right about that. 
Mobile One Full Synthetic Motor Oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Stan the Fan Charles is with us in studio this morning. Um, this is a special thing, obviously, for me personally. As for me being here? Yes, you being here. It's meant a lot. I've. Uh, can I get your autograph before you leave? Or I've been wanting you to sign that stand, that, that uh, cardboard cutout out there so I could take it home at some point. Please remember to do that. Kids would love it. They would. Right? They would. It'd be their favorite toy on Christmas morning. <laughs> Um, uh, I, of course, uh, one of my uh, roles is play-by-play voiceover at Loyola, and uh, my first season there was actually uh, this man's first season back at his alma mater as well as head coach. And, boy, it, it looked like um, there was going to be championship after championship after championship coming uh, to Loyola, and it took a little bit longer than expected to break through in the postseason tournament. But finally, that happened this year. And um, after a, a run of bad luck, the Loyola Greyhounds men's soccer program is headed to the NCAA tournament. They defeated American in the Patriot League championship game on Saturday. Joining us now, he is my friend, Steve Nichols, and he's with us on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn and Stan the Fan and Paul Valley. It's great to chat with you. Thank you for taking the time and a heartfelt congratulations on breaking through and winning the Patriot League tournaments. Uh, appreciate it, Glenn. Thanks for having me. And I know... Uh, I know you care as much as I do. I know you suffered as much as I have the last couple of years with uh, everything that's happened, but I, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's a long time coming, like you said. Well, I never stopped believing in you. I know that. I never stopped believing that it was happening, and, um, you know, it's remarkable to see it all come together. Can you tell me what this means to you, Steve? Like, you know, I, you and I don't have these types of conversations. We, we think about players and next game, but you're an alum. Uh, you came back here for a reason. Can you tell me personally – what this means to you beyond just this being a special group of players. Yeah, it's everything. It's the reason I came back. I mean, I, I was at McDonough and I, I was running the bays with coach Kevin Healy, who, you know, was the general manager of the blast. And for a good 20 years, we had the number one high school program, soccer program in the country. And we had the number one club in the country. And, uh, I had probably one of the best jobs in America. And, and when I left to come to Loyola, a lot of people asked me like, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> you're not going to find anything better than where you are. And, uh, you know, when I went to Loyola and played for Coach Bill Santo, um, him and Loyola changed my life. I, I'd probably be pumping gas on the side of 95 somewhere if it wasn't for, for him and, 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 and what he did for me in the school that, that gave me chance after chance to, to get where I got and, and never gave up on me. And um, so it's always held a special place in my heart. The group that came before me in 86 and 87 – went to back-to-back final eights and um, they were the number one team in the country. And I, I felt like it was, it was my goal to try to get them as close as I could back to there and restore order uh, back at Loyal Evergreen. And, and so it, it means a lot. And, and, and I know, you know, Jamie Darvel, my assistant yep. as well, he, he's an alum as well. And the one thing we always say, and it's great, you know, um, to be a part of something like that is the program always comes first. It's not about me or about the players or about Jamie. It's about the program and the guys that came before us. And you know how bad we were, our first two years, Glenn, when I took over, I mean, it was, it was, we were probably one of the worst teams in the country. Um, and, and we sold these kids on history and, and, and showed them that we had been there before and what the guys, the Bullington teams and the Cento teams had accomplished before us and the guys believed in us. And, uh, you know, and it's a shame you said it, that the group, it, the funny part about it, maybe you're going to ask me this question. Um, over the, you know, we, we've really, if you count the COVID year, won five straight regular season championships. Yeah. This is our fifth. And, and, and not last spring, but the three before that in 17, 18, and 19, 
the team we had those three years was a lot better than this team, and I'm sure you, I'm sure you see it up up top. Uh, we had two All Americans and two Herman Award finalists in our locker room. I think we had three MLS Super Draft picks in one year, and the only programs that had that were like a Carolina and Awake in Indiana. But 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 this group is special because. Um, you know, I, I kind of forgot who we were a little bit. I tried to be like awake in a Carolina, and I forgot we were at Loyola, and and that's not who we are. And so this team has so much more character. Um, we're still pretty talented, but but the character piece between the white lines is so important when you're trying to win soccer games. And and this group exemplifies it day in and day out. And, and I love them to death. I really do. Coach uh, Stan, the fan here. Congratulations. I I remember interviewing you once and walking away from that interview thinking that you were definitely going to succeed there at Loyola. Um, I'm just curious, after the win that got you into the tournament, who have you heard from that's most meaningful to you? Um, <laughs> do you make me tear up here a little bit? But uh, <laughs> the one guy that I didn't hear from that, that I can't hear from um, is Bill Sento because he's not with us anymore. Mm-hmm. He, he passed away uh, about a year and a half ago. And that, that that's the reason I came back. And um I'm, I'm going to call his wife today yeah. um, because without him, I wouldn't be here. Um, and, 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 and a lot of guys wouldn't be here. And he, he's special. I've heard from a million people that mean so much to me, but he's the one guy that's meant more to me in my life. And uh, it's the only reason I'm back. 255 wins in Bill Sento's career. Um, what a more remarkable man and coach and leader he was. And I can only imagine how proud he is of you right now, Steve Nichols, and what you've been able to do. Steve Nichols is with us. Here on GCR, Loyola on to the NCAA tournament. Steve, you, you reference it, right? Like you had the Saramagos, the Sharifis, and it was such a joy to watch those guys play and call those games. But what you, what you talked about, you know, who you are and, and what you needed in order to get here and in order to do this, right? We, we talk about playing in those like backyard brawls in the Patriot League. What was different about this team that there was a little dip this season, right? Like there was a moment where, yeah. I don't know, what was different – that when they clicked, they rolled, they steamrolled through all the rest of the Patriot League opponents they faced. Yeah, we, 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 we had a kind of a come to Jesus in the middle of the year. Um, you know, we, we had a couple guys who were pretty talented in this group. We, we, it was tough because I think because of the COVID and, and the expansion of the scholarships for this one year, it was the deepest team we've ever had. I think we were operating instead on 9.9 scholarships because of the COVID rules in NCAA. We were probably operating on close to 13 scholarships. Um, but, but we brought in 13 new players. And, and, you know, we tied West Virginia. That was number two in the country, yeah. I think, the third game of the year. And uh, we're like, wow, we can beat anybody, right? And, and things were going well. But we had a couple guys that were pretty talented and, and, and a couple guys that aren't with us anymore that, um, that, that I didn't realize. And, and this is what makes this team so special. They made it their team. And they came and saw me and said, Coach, this isn't working. You're trying to fit, you know, around, you know, around, around pegging a square hole. And, and as good as they are, you know, it's going to be like the last three years. We, we, we need guys that are willing to die for us on the field, off the field, everything we do. And, and so we made some changes halfway through the season. And once we made a couple of those changes, um, we won every game since then. The, the only game we lost, and I love to explain it to on the air, and I think you would know this, Glenn, better than anybody. In, in 19, when we were loaded, we went down to Wake Forest in the number two in the country, and they had been to three or four straight Final Fours, and we tied them zero to zero. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it was their home game, so they did the stats. They didn't get a shot on goal for the last 80 minutes of the game. And, and, and nobody's ever done that to Wake Forest in the history of their program. Wow. Um, but but it, it didn't get us in the NCAA tournament. We came back. We were tired because we expanded so much. And this year we beat American and Navy back-to-back, got ourselves to the top of the league. And um, that, we went down to Wake that night. And um, 
I had to leave a couple guys home and I had to sit a couple guys because we had to win on the Saturday. And um, unfortunately, because who we are is a mid-major and not a power five conference, the bottom of our program um, can't play with Wake Forest right. as fast. And we got manhandled. But, but I look back to that and believe me, I'm, I'm sure I took some heat with the alums for that. They look at that scoreline and, and they weren't happy. But if we didn't do what we did that day, we probably don't win the championship. We don't host America. We're probably on the road somewhere. And uh, who knows where we are. So we had to sacrifice a little bit. But I tell you what, I told the guys after the game and every guy in that locker room still believed in themselves. He know what we had to do and they, and they didn't question anything. And we just keep st- you know, steamrolling on and, and we never looked back the rest of the year. Coach, you've been around long enough and, and me as a sports fan and observer of sports, a lot of times a team like yourselves who get to the point you're at now, it's such a big deal to have gotten to the tournament. Do you worry at all about being able to keep the momentum up of what you have where your players still are hungry? You know, I, I think with this group, that there is a relief that they got in, Stan. I'd be lying to you if I said that just because, like Glenn said, we've gone through the last four years. Yep. Um, and, and the funnier part is the team we had in 17 and 18 and 19 was probably not built to win a Patriot League, which is crazy, but they are probably built to go to a Final Four. That's how talented they were. But they never got there, right? And so we never got to show people, like we did at Wake in 19, how good we are. Um, this team's a little dangerous. I, I, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen on Thursday night. We'll find out at 1 o'clock who we draw. But, but the reason I like this team is I said they, like, they have character, and they do have some talent, a lot of talent. Um, and, and they're playing with poker money. They got no pressure. The whole year, okay. we were picked to win the league again for the fifth straight year. And the whole year, we were the hunted, right? Now, all of a sudden, we're the hunter, and, and when these guys don't have pressure on them and we play our best 11 like we did at West Virginia, they could be a dangerous group. So I, I think they're really looking forward to it. You, did, did you have a conversation with, with Pete Karinji at all about this? You know, like, there is precedent, obviously, and it's not just – they mean, Marshall, it, you guys are – they're at a higher level than you guys. But Marshall won the tan title a year ago. Did, did you yep. maybe talk to Pete at all about, like, you know, hey, what, how, how do you get a team at this level to believe that they can make that type of run? I mean, I, I mean, and Glenn, you know this. I, I've not talked to Pete, but I, you know, when I first got the job, I, you know, I brought in Mike Marciano, my staff. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that, that was a captain of Maryland in yep. four years of Maryland. They went to three Final Fours and won two national yep. championships. Um, probably the best group in the history of college soccer. And, and then I brought Mamadou, um, who just left this summer to to, to 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 go to another job, who who was a captain of that UMBC team. So we we tried to surround our guys and build a culture of yep. guys that know how to lead and, and get us there. So the guys are pretty aware. Um, of what's going on. We always bring in, we had uh, Joe Barger and, and Chris Webbert um, and Sam Mangione coming to our locker room for that 87 group before the Navy game. We had our alumni day and, and they talked to them about how important their run was and how it's changed their lives. And, um, you know, we're, we're fortunate. He doesn't like to get involved as much because the son's on the team, but we're fortunate to have Jeff Natten, who's a Hall of Famer, yeah. who will play basketball and soccer. Yep. Um, around the program daily. He's our biggest supporter. So we have a lot of guys that can help us and, and guide us in the right way. And the guys love to hear from them instead of me all the time. As you know, I mean, I, I probably drive them crazy, <laughs> so it's good to hear from other people. Hey, so. can, can we talk about, and I, you know, I know that there's only so much that we can talk about what he's been through, but can can we talk about your goalie for a second and what Chase Vosvik, sure. um, you know, the, the way that he has come through adversity, that it's unlike maybe anything that anybody's experienced to, to be in this position uh, to be MVP of the tournament and making that massive stop in the final seconds of a championship game. 
Yeah, I mean, he, you know, him and I after the game, we, we shared some tears on Saturday because we, we, had, as you know, we had a little bit of a come to Jesus last spring. But um, I mean, to start off with, I mean, the only reason we have him is, uh, and he's down in Montverde. He's a Baltimore kid, but he's down in Montverde Academy, playing on, on on their pro team, not even on their high school team. That's how good he was. And the only reason he's not at a UCLA or Virginia or North Carolina is because the situation with you know with, with his mother was here and she wasn't well, and he wanted to be around her. And he came back, and so we. So unfortunately for 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 him, but blessed for us, we got him to come back to Baltimore, and uh, he's been unbelievable. And, and you know this, Glenn. I mean, after his freshman year, Orlando City offered him a contract. His sophomore and junior, Houston Dynamo offered him a contract. And last spring during COVID, Inter Miami offered him a contract. And he said, Coach, I'm sticking around here. Do I get you to the NCAA tournament? And um, you know, last spring in that first American game, when 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 he was going through a really tough patch, I had to have a heart to heart with him, and it was it was one of the toughest conversations I've ever had in my life because I had to be very stern with him, and I knew what he was going through with his mom. You know, had just passed away, um, and I told him he had a choice in life. He could um, he, he he could he could he could go in a hole and be a loser, and his mom could look down on him and think, you know, what did you do? Or you, you could buckle up and become a winner and your mom would be proud of you looking down on you the rest of your life. And I think it's I think it's poetic justice and God really does exist that, you know, we have 10 seconds left and no way they, they're going to get a throw and the ball's going to get to where it got and it gets there somehow. And I think that's God saying, here you go, Chase. you got two seconds left to make the save of your life and win the game for your team. And it's incredible what he did and what he's done his career. I mean, four Patriot League goalkeepers of the year over a five-year period. He breaks the Patriot League shutout record for the history of the league. I mean, the kid's special, and uh, what he's been through and what he's accomplished is amazing. It's absolutely amazing. I can't say it any better. I can't say it any better. It gives me goosebumps thinking about everything he's been through and, and having that moment, man, at the end of that game, Steve. All right, well, here's the deal. Uh, I'm counting on you to win. That, like, this is no, no excuses now moving forward. I don't want to hear any of this. You know, it's just nice to be there. we got to go do it. Let's go win a national championship, man. Come on. Let's just make it happen, all right? No, I appreciate it, Glenn. I appreciate all your support. You've always been with us from day one, and uh, it, you know it doesn't go unnoticed, and it, it means a lot to me. And Stan, I appreciate it all from from afar. I, I know you're in our corner. You've always been great. So thank you to both of you guys. Steve Nichols, I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy for your program. Go get him in the NCAA tournament. We're going to celebrate together soon. All right. Thanks. I appreciate it, buddy. Steve Nichols, loyal soccer coach. Of, uh, you know, it's it's personal for me, Stan. Like it is. I don't it's, see you well up much. It's per I, yeah. it's personal for me. It's yeah. really personal for me. Like, and I I this was in 2014. Right. Even before I came to work with you. Right. The day that I got the worst uh, that the terrible news that the last radio station I'd been at was going under and everybody was out. Right. The first phone call I got. I mean, not even an hour later. The first phone call I got was from Ryan Eigenbrode at Loyola. Right. He said, sorry to hear it, man, but I got great news. You're working for me. I said, well, what? <laughs> like, what are you, a good dude, right? What are you, what are you yeah. talking about? He said, I got a soccer match on Friday night. You're going to come over and call it. You're going to be our soccer play-by-play guy now. I said, Ryan, I've never called a soccer match in my life. Like, <laughs> even when I was in college, I didn't call soccer. You know what I mean? Like, I've never done it. He said, don't care. See you Friday. I said... That's a great story. All right. And I said, well, can I come over and, and meet the team beforehand? Because <laughs> I am wildly unprepared for this. Like, I've never been more unprepared for anything in my life. He said, all right. And so I came over, and it was Steve Nichols' first season back right. at Loyola. And so I just sort of opened up. And I'm like, Steve, i got to be honest with you, man. Like, I don't know, like, I don't know like, beans I'm being, about this. I'm being as honest as I can possibly be about this. I am not like this is – and he said, we're going we're gonna to do this. We're going to be all right. And – 
Um, Lord knows. Like, I don't know. what I, I'd probably hate to go back and listen to myself call a soccer match in 2014. It's not something I would likely want to do right now. But, um, you know, they all had patience with me. They let me grow into it. And I got to watch their program grow. And it is. It's personal it's because of that. It's a really good personal story. thing for me that I can't hide from. Like, it's a very this means something to me even more like i got the call oddly enough when umbc won the america east and in route to making the final four in 2014 i called their championship game and i I love pete like pete's one of you know he's one of the most beloved figures in town pete cringy is just a special human being um this means something that i can't of everything in my in my professional life this means something more than than I can possibly explain in words. This That's is a great. really special thing for That's me, great. and for Steve Nichols and for his team. And it's 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 a team loaded with local kids. He brought now, up. Are you going to do all the games? No, nah, they'll be they'll be on the. I mean, the likelihood of them having a home game is okay. so slim. You know, it's just it's just so slim. And we don't do a radio broadcast okay. for soccer. It's you know yep. you know it's the nature yep. of it being soccer. You. It's what it is. Um, but um, there's there's a chance depending on where it is that that I might be going and joining them. And, yep. Yeah, I we'll see how all that, that plays long. out. Uh, today at one o'clock is when the uh, selection show. And is there a group of teams that they will clearly match up against? Or, Not necessarily. Or it's, no, it could I mean be there's anybody. so so they they'll uh, they won't get a buy obviously in the first round. Right. The top, I think it's sixteen teams in the country get a buy in the first round. They won't be one of them. Um, so the, the which makes their first round game a little bit more winnable, right? Because they won't have to face. To one of the exactly top, right, top right. Tier, like, yeah. and and that that's a really big deal. The opportunity on on Thursday to maybe win a game um, against it's still going to be a quality well, opponent. It's it's great to hear what coach when he answered my question about whether they could stay hungry. He referred to his team as these guys are dangerous. Yep. And when you have a coach assess his team that way, that's a that's a good thing. Oh, it's, that's a good. Thing. I, it's been a special thing. It's been a really, really special thing, man. I'm so happy for Steve Nichols and everybody at Loyola. It's an incredible story what they've been able to do. Uh, in- I would imagine uh, an announcer that does play by play, Paul. Wouldn't you think for a team that's made it to the NCAA would get a sizable raise next year? You would so, think, right? Yeah. Like get the nice bonus, he man. Needs, he needs some more Under Armour polos. What's man. gonna be really weird is when Stan gets a ring. Because he used to be a ball boy for the Bullets. They're going to say, well, we got a ring for Stan. I'm going to say, wait, I, do I not? I didn't make the – no, but Stan did. Stan maybe got they'll, Maybe they'll pay you new underwear. I, you know what? I could use some of that. Just If they do win a national championship, would you get a I, ring? I don't know. I'm not, That'd be so the cool. The least of my concerns. That would be so cool, man. At least, I appreciate that, but it's the least of my concerns. God, you could moment. put it on eBay and – yeah, <laughs> you know, there'd be huge demand, obviously. <laughs> what? So, um, oh, God, whose ring ended up in the in a river? Who's one of the... Um, I don't remember. Oh, one of the Ravens staffers. It might have been... Oh, God. It sounds like the plot to Ace Ventura. No, I think it was Tony. I think it was Tony lost her ring when she was out... Um, Fishing or, or on a boat one day or something like that, and someone they replaced it. Like right, you know, I mean, the right, Ravens are very right. kind. Con- of course, Tony was you know sure. one of the most beloved figures in in that facility for a very long time. Um, and I, if I remember correctly, they replaced it, and then someone found it. Wow. Down the road and ended up selling it um, when they found her her ring after she had lost it on the water at some point. I think That's is great. the case. All right, uh, hour number one of today's show is in the books. It's been brought to you by Window Nation. This is the final month for you to take advantage of a very special offer from Window Nation. Buy two windows, get two free. Buy four windows, get four free. It goes on forever. 
uh, and no payments whatsoever for two full years. 866-90Nation or windownation.com. But again, this is it. This is the last month. When November ends, forget about it. You say on December 2nd, oh, man, I meant to take advantage of that.Orry, it's too late. This is it. Last chance. 866-90Nation or windownation.com. Stands with us for a few more minutes this morning. Uh, Jeremy Kahn's going to join us a little bit later on in the 11 a.m. hour. And Dan Shaughnessy still going to join us uh, this morning as well. So a lot to do. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Receive a free Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich offer card as a thank you when you donate the Toys for Tots on Saturday, November 20th at any of the 13 Baltimore-area Chick-fil-A Stuff the Truck event sites. Be one of the first 50 people to donate, and you also get a free T-shirt. For a location list and more information, visit PressBoxOnline.com slash Toy Drive. What's up, everybody? This is Taz Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Taz Bowser Show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on Pressbox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. Pressbox and Great Eights Memorabilia bring you the next Tyus Bowser Show Tuesday, November 16th at Mothers in Timonium. It's also brought to you by Window Depot Baltimore, WindowDepotBaltimore.com, and by Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, Duffy's Garage MD. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is coming soon to Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Maryland, this is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Hey, it's KZ. The Pressbox Fantasy Football Show is back, as always, on Thursdays. You can catch it at 1130. We're brought to you this year, CCBC and Glory Days Grill. You can catch the show two ways, facebook.com slash pressboxsports or pressboxonline.com slash radio. The slash radio is if you want to listen. On Facebook is if you actually want to see my ugly face. We're going to have a lot of fun this year. DFS, daily lineups, keepers, all kinds of fun stuff. Please tune in, Pressbox Fantasy Football Show every Thursday, 11.30 a.m. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcast. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Back in here on GCR, Stan the Fan Charles has joined us in studio this morning. It's so great to have him here. If you're not playing underdog fantasy football, what the hell is wrong with you? This is your chance at a time where you can't bet in the state of Maryland because, you know, why not? Yeah, why would we? Why Why would we we want that thing that we approved overwhelmingly a year ago? Uh, you can feel like you're betting when you play underdog fantasy football. You can play parlays. You can do player props. You can do 
So many things. It's not exactly sports betting, but it really does help you scratch that itch at a time where you can't bet. Underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog app. They've also got the the traditional daily and weekly fantasy games available to you. they got these rivalry head-to-head matchups. You can just pick two player props. Like, for example, tonight there's a, a football game, and so perhaps you could pick, like, Cooper Cup or Debo Samuel, who's going to have more receiving yards tonight. And if you pick that correctly, you're a winner. It's as simple as that. And on top of that, we are continuing to match up to $100 when you sign up and make your first deposit with Underdog Fantasy Football. So if you sign up today, use the code PRESSBOX and deposit uh, $69. Very nice. We'll match it with $69 free for you to play with. That sounds good. Yeah, it's a pretty good offer, right? Don't get sucked into a Robert Woods Yes, he's not not, not going to be a thing. Not going to be a thing tonight for sure. Underdogfantasy.com. Download the Is underdog. Is Beckham going to play tonight? I'm, that's I the read. word. In fact, the, there was a rumor this weekend that like they were going to have him return Turn punts. punts. Yeah. I'm like, what? That's a weird bit. But yeah, yeah. the word is they're going to let. Look, Cam Newton showed up this week and uh, was playing for Carolina. Obviously, a little bit more history there with uh, Cam Newton in Carolina, but not with Matt Rule necessarily. And worked out I, quite well for them. I got to tell you that he, he is without a doubt. He always he amazes me how he's able to show his assholeism. So you what know, what part of it bothers you, Stan? Which the, part of it? The, um, <laughs> the one play that he runs in for a touchdown, and he's, I'm back. Ah, I'm I, back. Nev- I'll never be bothered by someone in, in celebrating and having yeah. fun. It'll yeah. never be – like when you're being demonstrative, that's a different thing. Right. But like celebrating well, – you, you got a 15-yard penalty. But that's, but that's the bigger problem with the NFL right now is like the thing that happened with yeah. them, them, them going way out of their way to defend themselves for that penalty they gave the kid from the Bears right. uh, last Monday night, right. which is – That was a ridiculous – It was one of the most absurd things I've ever seen. There is a bigger problem with the NFL and what they think is taunting now yeah. – like, because again, I I have been trying to be receptive to the idea of you don't really want a player standing over another player, that that's going to lead to fights, that type of stuff. But celebrating a big play that you made and enjoying yourself and that becoming something that's flag worthy, I'll never. Well, I'll tell you one thing: the penalty in this day and age, though, fifteen yards will be enforced on the kickoff. That's like. Why would that be an inducement not to do something? On a if, touchdown if, specifically, it, right. You know, truthfully, if you really want to end this thing, you know, to give them a, a penalty that means something. Oh, it takes a touchdown? You're saying take the touchdown off the board? No, no. Oh, it okay. means something like either monetarily or some something, oh. you know. Why can't they move the extra point? Back the 15 yards. Well, they have, they, have, they have that option, but the coaches choose not to do it because they're convinced that the kicker is going to make the kick anyway. Right. I don't. They're, I don't know if they, if they have to. No, move I mean, it I get it. It's, it's a, damn near a fifty-yard kick. Goal. I hear yeah. you. Right? I hear you. But they're they are convinced that you know, like they're just going to make the kick anyway. That's and, interesting. They can do that because yep, they, they have always the, they announce have the it that it'll be it'll will be, be will be enforced, be enforced on, the on the kickoff, right? Yeah. Because typically they're saying it's a bigger benefit to us. There's a small chance that you miss a kick that's worth one point. Right. There's a much more significant benefit to us if you're kicking off the ball from your own twenty-yard line where we're receiving it, we can turn this into a real offensive play and we can get going to go try to score real right. points ourselves okay. on the flip side, gotcha. right? Like gotcha. so it's typically overwhelmingly they've decided like that's of more benefit to them than the other scenario would be. Stan, this question from Dan. Dan says, Glenn Glenn, I have a question for Stan. Well, you know, Stan is also always available too. It's you can you can tweet Stan at Stan the fan. He's available yep. that way. Yeah. I have a question for Stan. Does he think that the Orioles moving on from Pedro Severino is a sign that Adley Rutschman will be the opening day catcher? 
Um, I would say it in, increased the probability of that a good deal. Um, I can't speak for Mike Elias. To me, if there is baseball this year and it's on time, I think Adley Rutschman should be the catcher opening day. I don't think there's any question about that. Why does – so I guess there's twofold. One, it could be that the CBA addresses the service time issue, and mm. that might make this all – Right, you know, point. Jet, you know, like this is, this is all just completely nonsense because there's no benefit at that point. But if there is still a benefit to service time, why do you think it would be better for the Orioles to have him here on opening day than to just wait the few weeks? Because in order of to get what the we year? talked about, the fan engagement issue, I think that this is one guy, and you've been on it as, as part of our editorial team here, that this is the, the one thing the fans really care about. The, the broader. The broader picture. Yeah. He, he, you know, he represents that you're moving on to a new phase of this rebuild. And I think I think the the idea that you need to hold them back three or four weeks so that in 2026 you still have his rights or 2027, I think that's so out of line with what the what the fans would want right now that this is one time you should sort of grant them their wish and and hope you know that he's he's here to you know immediately make the uh, pitching staff better. Paul? Well, and then on, on top of that, and this is assuming that Mike Elias is allowed to operate in a way that no other Orioles general manager has been allowed to operate, and that's assuming that if he's as good as you think he is, you're going to extend him and buy out those arbitration years, which means the service time manipulation means nothing because he's going to be here beyond that anyway if he's already extended. I've, I had that question asked to me, like, if he's the catcher on opening day, is that a sign that, the Orioles are moving in that direction. They are prepared to be aggressive in keeping Adley Rutschman around. And I, again, like Stan just said, I'm not Mike Elias, so mm. I can't, I can't speak for him. I don't know that. You would like to hope yeah. that if that's the case, if the CBA does not change the service time equation, and the Orioles still have him, they have him on here on opening day. That's exactly what you're saying, Paul. That it's because they've made a decision that they are going to be aggressive and they are not going to allow that year of service time to be a factor because they're either going to buy it out or you know, extend him long-term at, a, at an early point if he succeeds, whatever it's going to be. Um, but it still remains a, like, I have to see it type of proposition, right? Like, and that's just the nature. It's not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not taking a shot or, or predicting otherwise, but I need to see it I'm, before. I'm not taking that, that next step to project right now that the, if they play him starting on opening day, it's because they're confident that they want to and are going to re-sign him and buy out some years of arbitration. I'm just saying that right now, worrying about his availability to the Orioles in 2027, right. if the current is not something that they should be thinking about. It's time to start wherever you can show the fans that they're gonna you're you're gonna change some things here. You know? I, I understand what you're I completely understand what you're saying, Stan. I, I guess that the, the like the baseball robot, the, yep. the take any heart out of it and, and just do everything that, that you're supposed to do would say you can't allow that to be, and we're talking about the difference in three weeks, right? Yep. And and I have I think a better argument, one that I've talked about a good bit is you create almost a second opening day, right? Like you're you're gonna have people are gonna come out to the game on opening day no matter what. Right. Like that, no matter what happens, you're going to right. have a huge crowd. If you crowd. bring him up May first, then get you that. create a secondary another event that you wouldn't have otherwise had. 
if he's the catcher on opening day. But if you know that he's going to be the catcher on opening day, you've bought the added buzz of spring you, training. You think that that makes you know, the city yeah. more invested in the team yeah, as I a whole? Yeah, I think they they say, hey, this, this year we're really going to start to see some of this. You know, you you signal it right up front to fans. But but then again. It, it all depends upon whether or not there's going to be an opening day on time. Correct. Yeah. And, again, the reason I don't think he'll be put on the 40-man roster is because of that situation. If, he's if there's on the no 41, season, right. If there's no start to the season, he would not be allowed to play minor league baseball. And after missing the pandemic season, you wouldn't want him to miss, say, two and a half months. And then all of a sudden June with a truncated uh, quick quickly put together spring training, all of a sudden, boom, it's July 28th, and he's your opening day catcher. You know? No, I agree. Yeah. I, I mean, I, June 20th. Right. I, I agree with that. That's that's And it's and it, it, by the way, it's not that important. But whether he's on the 40-man roster or not right, right now is really not right. that important whatsoever. So there is, there's nothing to be gained and potentially something to be lost, so there's no reason for you Much to do Much more important than Evan Hanhold is. Right. That's, that's your – do you – okay. <laughs> could, could you understand seriously – the other day, you know, I go through MLB trade rumors all the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm at 3 o'clock. Orioles re-signed Spencer Watkins. It made I no just, sense I me. just could not. I they, they've been saying not. that they that they want AAA. I mean, now, that's a minor league, you know, that's but, a minor league job. But, uh, you know. All right. I got a question for both of yes, you guys. Yes, yes. You show up. Where, where do you do uh, Thanksgiving, Stan? What, what's, what are your Thanksgiving it's, plans? It's been totally messed up with the pandemic. Okay, before yeah. the pandemic, what was your... Used to used to probably have. Uh, it's also been kind of crazy. My mother-in-law passed away. We used about four years ago. We used to always go to New York. Oh, okay. Then when she passed away, we started doing it at a cousin's here. Okay. Uh, last year we just sat around and did something at our at our house. Paul, you've got uh, uh you've got uh, two different parents to see plus mm-hmm. you've got in-laws now. Yeah. Like so you're all over the place for Thanksgiving so, I'm assuming. So Laura generally works on Laura my wife. She right. gen- we always she, she, always have to remind people my, that Mrs. My, my wife. Yeah, right. Right. Mrs. Valley, she yes. generally works uh on Thanksgiving. She's not a of course, as as you know, she's the daughter of Frankie Valley of the Four Seasons. Oh my so God, it's I remarkable. Did not know that. Yeah, it's remarkable. All right. Um but so usually she works on Thanksgiving. She's working on Thanksgiving this year. So I'm generally last year we went to her parents' house, but we generally don't celebrate with her side of the family because she's always working. I have to flop year flip flop years with my parents. So um, I am going to my dad's this year because I haven't been to hi- been with him on Thanksgiving in a couple of years now. So I'm going to his down in Fenwick. Um, probably leaving after the show on Wednesday and heading right. down there to do that. I also have to do a lot of Thanksgivings. Um, she, you know, her parents are split up, so you know we got to see all of them, and then we have the small part of my family, and then the big old part of my like. There's a lot of Thanksgiving going on. You show up at a Thanksgiving, and someone has a nine-inch Reese's peanut butter cup pie. Wow. Are you diving in, or are you saying to yourself, "I know what a Reese's peanut butter cup tastes like." I'll have one of the traditional pies that's also available because this is Thanksgiving. I don't need to just eat a Reese's peanut butter cup on Thanksgiving. 
that, that does not excite me as I, a as a pie. I've come around on it. Like, yeah. The internet was buzzing about this today, right. that, that the Hershey's company put this on sale, right? right? This giant Reese's peanut butter cup that looks like a pie. For $45. For $45, by the way. For $45. Yeah. I'm going to pass, personally. It's yeah. not going to be at the Clark family's house. But the more I thought about it, the more I said... I've 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 got Reese's peanut butter cups. Like I, they're delicious. Don't get me wrong. It's right. the greatest candy that's ever existed. But like I know this. Why would I really want just a giant Reese's peanut butter cup sitting on the table at Thanksgiving? Is what this, would that do for wouldn't me? Wouldn't it Is be it, a lot cheaper? Like if you're having twenty people, just to buy a bunch of Reese's peanut butter cups. One hundred percent. Significantly yeah. cheaper. Now, yeah. is is this like a would you rather Wednesday? Where if I don't, where no, I, there's I can't no, have, no, you can, can have, have all wanted. the pie. Yeah, you can still have an. Uh, uh, obviously, as I'd as, try as, it. as every good uh, right thinking person knows, pecan pie is the one seed of uh, fall pies. Oh and, no, uh, sweet potatoes too, and pumpkins three. They're all good. They're all Can't good pies. Yeah, I, I, you don't I, like any of them? Yeah, me. Wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm there with you. You, what the hell is going on? I here? don't mind pumpkin Who pie. Who am but I pecan working Pecan pie. Pecan, no. Pecan pie is perfection. No, Laura. Getting back here. to the Reese's pie, Laura is obsessed with peanut. Bu- Again, my wife is obsessed yes. with peanut butter. My wife and, and <laughs> Reese's yeah. peanut butter cups. I would probably have to steal her a couple of slices. Uh, so I, I I'd say it was for me and well, you better you better get on it. It might sell out. You better best, get one of these bad boys. Best thing about pe- pecan pie is its usage in Heartbreak Kid with Charles Grodin. Oh, okay. And Shepherd. <laughs> okay. You remember that? You're going back a minute. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When he absolutely. tells his, his new his wife of pecan. about five days yeah, right? that he wants a divorce after meeting Sybil Shepherd. Pecan pie yeah. is the one seed of fall pies. That is, I stand by this eternally. It is the top dog of all fall, fall? pies. Well, wait, it's is a traditional really a Thanksgiving pies. It's called a yeah, fall you, pie? You would, I mean, that's you could use whatever term you want to use. You're not showing up on uh, Easter Sunday with a pecan and, pie. And there's not going to be a pecan pie sitting there. You don't have pumpkin pie. Maybe we could get in, the odds on yeah, maybe Jeremy Kahn. Jeremy Kahn is with us as he joins us every Monday here on GCR. Jeremy, it's uh, it's Glenn and Paul, and Stan the Fan is here on a Monday edition of the show. Thank you, as Hello, always. JC, what's going on? Everything good, buddy? Everything's good. Very right. good. So so we are, uh, did you see that the Hershey's Company has put a 9-inch Reese's Peanut Butter Cup pie on sale today for $45? Forty-five dollars, and it's just—it's just a giant Reese's peanut butter cup. Is all it really is. It's a nine-inch version of a Reese's peanut butter cup, and there was. This I've been saying this all my life. Bigger doesn't always mean mean better. <laughs> right, right. You know? You've been telling a lot of people that. And they, hey, look, man, <laughs> you've been, you've ended up quite happy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not the other people, but yeah, right. I've been quite. You've happy. been fine. Exactly. Never disappoint when you say that. Yeah, correct. <laughs> So here's my issue, right? Like, at first, it seems really exciting. At first, you're like, oh, damn, I love peanut butter cups, right? Like, this sounds incredible. And then you really think about it, you're like, no, it's just a giant peanut butter cup. Like, I've had those. On Thanksgiving, yeah. I still want to sit down and eat, uh, you know, a pecan pie like a good American. Yeah. It just seems weird to me. Like, if you were going to do, like, a peanut, <laughs> I can't even say it, peanut butter cup pie, wouldn't it actually be, like, decorative with, like, smaller peanut butter cups and, like, be, like, Kind of a traditional peanut butter pie made fresh, not something that's just boxed and thrown. Like, see, my, it just, see, that just seems th- odd to me. My thing is, and always thinking about the money involved. Right. For forty-five dollars for a nine-inch pecan, I mean Reese's buttercup uh, peanut, peanut buttercup butter pie, pie. Yes. peanut <laughs> buttercup pie. Wouldn't I just be easier to buy twenty-five? Like, make candies? your own, right? Yeah, <laughs> just you know, put them together. Right. Smush them together. Yeah, it's- 
it seems like it's easier for them to make one large one than it would be to just make a bunch of tiny ones. Like I, I don't know, it just yeah, it just seems odd to me. I I stopped being willing to bring dessert to my family's Thanksgiving, my big family's Thanksgiving gathering, and I used to go over to like the Dutch market and get the pumpkin roll, and I I used oh, yeah. to really because those are unbelievable. But what happened was one of my cousins literally just started stopping at like the donut shop and bringing three boxes of donuts. And all of the kids only want to eat the stupid donuts that you could have any day of the week. That leaves more pie for you. It's true, but I don't need all of that. And I said, that's it. I'm no longer spending money on nice Dutch market desserts. It's not happening any longer because my family is low rent. Jeremy, what's your number one uh, go-to pie? Uh, think, well, I mean, I guess it's it feels kind of seasonal. Um, yeah, that's I like yeah, fall I like pies. a little bit of everything. So I, I mean, I love pumpkin pie. Um, I guess I was raised more on that than sweet potato, but I like both. I like pecan or pecan pie or whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, and then uh, my mom always made like a like a banana cream pie. Ah, that I like. now so, you're now you're talking pie. But banana cream pie you can have year round. You don't have to yeah. have it on Thanksgiving. Uh, These are Thanksgiving my specific ta- my pies. Taste, we're my talking taste about. buds don't work seasonally. Okay, you know. so you'd be sitting around having pecan pie in, jo- in July. Uh, no, I wouldn't have <laughs> a nice pecan, hot day. I wouldn't you're have sitting pecan out on, pie the entire year. <laughs> but I'd have stew. banana cream pie like uh, three times right, a week. All right, yeah. fair I enough. would eat just about any pie before pecan. What is wrong with you? Oh, I got. Oh my God, we got to have a. This might not be working out, unfortunately. Jeremy, is anybody over at the station that's looking for producer job? So, well, okay, that's a fair point too. One hundred. Is there anything at all that you don't eat on Thanksgiving? Is there anything when you go through like the buffet line? Is there anything you say no to? Not me. I don't think so. Like my. So my family always had this history of putting oysters in stuffing, which. They'd always make two because I didn't want the one with the oysters, and they'd always lie to me about which one it was, so I'd end up getting the one with the oysters. I love that. Which is why I don't like my family. Oysters, um, oysters in, in stuffing? Yeah, it's quite I've never, yeah, it's quite I've never popular. heard of that. Yeah, okay. yeah that's a popular thing. 100%. Oyster stuffing's always been popular. Okay. Yep. I didn't want any of it. I, like, I'm not a big oyster guy. It's like, I, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of them. I, I wouldn't say that I genuinely dislike them, but it's just something I'm never going to order like ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I have no problem trying things. Obviously Glenn knows that with all the different alcohols we've been tasting. Well, I thought, awful. I thought you were going somewhere else where you started that. Uh, well, Glenn knows that for other reasons as <laughs> yeah, well. So, uh, I thought you were going somewhere else. Thank your wife for letting us get away for a weekend. I so. did appreciate um, the fact that my wife uh, allowed Jeremy and I to celebrate my wife and I's anniversary down in Williamsburg this weekend. <laughs> it was very nice of her to bow. So, you, you know, what's funny about desserts. I tell everybody, my mom makes this pineapple upside down cake, which is like my favorite dessert of all time. And it, it might be the most unhealthy. I think there's like four pounds of butter in it. Yeah, yeah. It's so freaking amazing and so good, man. It's, it's so, it's I, so one, funny. One sitting, it. I ate like four pieces and then threw up. I have, it was just so rich. I have a cousin who makes pineapple upside down stuffing. <laughs> like that's oh. the stuffing that we wow. have with Thanksgiving dinner every year. And my God, like a it. ma- oh, it's, it's the most glorious thing you'll ever consume. But that's just because it's pineapple upside down cake that, that we pretend is stuffing. That's all it <laughs> is. It's that's so great. funny. It's so funny. All right. Um, we've had a couple days. Stan and I talked about it at the top of the show. You've been able to mull it over for three days. Was what happened Thursday night more of a weird scenario in a weird stretch of the season where a lot of bad teams are beating a lot of good teams and the Ravens had to play on the road on Thursday night after playing 96 offensive snaps four days earlier? Or was it more about their flaws kind of catching up to them and there's a bigger problem moving forward with this team? Yeah, it's funny because, you know, the, the gambling perspective I have on things and I try to tell people all the time, I think I was the only guy at our station 
that said they thought the game would be close. And uh, everybody else, like, 20-point blowout. And I'm not saying that they're wrong for their line of thinking, but I just think the Thursday night games are that, you know, it's so much more difficult to get ready. You have one day of preparation, and you think about what the Ravens – Ravens played an overtime game on Sunday. They lose their starting safety. They're all banged up trying to figure out who's coming back, what's going on. They look totally unprepared to me because you can't – you can't give me a legitimate reason why every time they were coming out of the huddle, the clock was winding down to zeros almost every single snap. It's like, that's it's absurd. And I, I'm still shocked that the Ravens looked at the defense that the Dolphins were running and said, hey, you know what we should try is that screen pass to the outside. On and then run eight. up the middle. Yeah. Have we tried that screen pass to the outside yet? Let's do that one again. It just seemed like the same thing over and over and over again. Uh, and it wasn't working. And I, I still don't understand. And this is obviously, so I've been off work Friday. I'm off. Uh, today, tomorrow, and Wednesday from the radio station. And this is my first opportunity to talk about the game. I still get a little frustrated over the deep ball that was thrown to Sammy Watkins. I was arguing with guys that I played football against. Like, he looked over his left shoulder, didn't see it, and then when he turned back to pick up the ball, you see the wall, you see the ball drop. I don't think he had a chance to make a play on it, personally, where other people are watching it saying, oh, my God, he's, I can't believe he didn't make a play on it. He gave up on the play. I don't think that was necessarily true. But, again, only those guys know what was going on. But from my estimation, looking at him, I thought he looked. Over. I thought it was a great play for Lamar to get rid of the ball there, uh, being under duress. But it was just a comedy of errors on Thursday night, and the league's just showing you that there aren't many, if any, really good teams in the AFC. Oh, no doubt about that. I mean, that's and it, you know, it's funny. We were, we talked earlier. Like Rita gets frustrated when I say, "Hey, look, every team in the AFC is flawed." She's like, "Well, I don't care about that. I want to talk about this team. This is the team that concerns me." And I'm like, "I get it." But it's part of the story in context. Like, I think the Ravens are really flawed, but you still can't sit here and tell me why they can't be the team that ends up somehow winning the AFC today. Yeah, barring somebody getting cut or maybe there's somebody out, like people have talked about Mitchell Schwartz, if somebody gets healthy and you add them to your team, um, there's, this is what you have. Right, the rest this of the is the way. group. Yeah. So yeah. the only thing that's changing is possibly scheme. Um, you know, and, and I said this, uh, I've been saying it for the past couple of weeks. Like, I'm a guy that's highly critical of how you play at home on the road, I try to give you a break because it's, it's difficult to play on the road and win in this league. So you're hoping you split on the road and then you win a majority of your games at home. Usually that means you're a playoff team. But this year, I think we have to look at things a little bit differently. At, at the end of the day, not that you can't get better off of a loss or a win, but at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is do you get the W. And it sounds so stupid in saying it. And then watching yesterday, the Steelers tie the Lions, um, seeing that the, you know, the Ravens lose to the Dolphins in the fashion that they lost. And then just across the board, like Kansas City's dead in the water. Oh, no, here's, here's Pat Mahomes throwing five touchdown passes. Are they back? I'm not sold, you know. And then you start watching some of the other teams and uh, how they play, So well, especially in the AFC. Anybody out west can win that division right now. Well, let me jump um, in and ask you, though, Glenn. I mean, uh, Jeremy. Jeremy, yes, yeah. Jeremy. Yeah. Uh, let me I'm ask you guy. that. I know you're the other guy. You're the guy with the beard, the warm and fuzzy beard. Uh, you know, I understand Mike Preston speaking to the sports boosters last week said that by the end of the season, the Patriots are going to be a real Super Bowl contender. Are they starting to move into that realm in terms of betting uh, parlance? Well, the weird thing is they're not getting the respect from the betting standpoint because, you know, this past week being a two-and-a-half-point favorite over a Browns team, which was kind of, you know, it was an odd line to look at, especially when the Browns running backs were, you know, in disarray. I think they're they're beating, you know, and the Browns have done this too. Like, oh, my God, we've been disrespect. I saw yep. a little meme that was going around. Like, they're disrespecting us, beat an inferior opponent, talk trash about winning that game, lose, <laughs> lose the next <laughs> game, and then the whole cycle starts over again. 
that seems to be the Browns this year. Um, but with, with New England, the, the thing that I'll say is that they're very well coached. They don't make a ton of mistakes. Uh, but realistically, when you look at it, they're ranked 24th against the run, and they're dead last against running backs out of the backfield. So a team that's going to be run heavy, that's going to throw the ball to the running backs, can put up points on them. Like, if you if you look at actually what happened in that game, I mean, Dearness Johnson had a phenomenal game against them. It's just they couldn't stop turning the ball over and making mistakes. They weren't mm-hmm. getting – they were going for it on fourth down, not getting it. And then New England just turned all those into points and just ran ran away with it. So I, I do think they're getting better. And, yeah, I think they're a contender, and they, they deserve some legitimate respect. But ultimately, I don't know that they're ready yet to make that push um, in the postseason once they're facing good teams or what we believe to be good teams week after week. Jeremy Kahn, the Big Dad Morning Show, 105.7 The Fan. And, of course, his picks every day, pressboxonline.com. He's with us here on GCR. Stan the Does fan. a phenomenal job with those picks. Except for uh, the, the stretch where I was betting with them, in which case I yeah, – yeah. I'd, I'd like to blame that, that on Glenn. Yeah, yeah right. I, Marty I, the I really yeah. wrecked him. I really ruined that, that poor guy for a little while there. And so I just started <laughs> making my own picks. And, no, totally didn't bet, like, an unreasonable amount of money on uh, Coastal Carolina against Georgia Southern this weekend. Totally didn't do that, Jeremy, and ruined the entire – a weekend away. Definitely not a thing that happened right after I had bet on Arizona State basketball against Cat. Did you see what happened at the end of that game, by the way? I did not. Oh, God. I, I don't ask me why, but I legitimately only put down a good amount of money on an outright win for Arizona State, not on a cover. So I was still in it. They had a two point lead with one second left. Cal State Riverside hit a three quarter court buzzer beater. Oh, I did see that. Oh, that and I you had, were on the wrong end of that. I had real money on that and that specific yeah, I, I scenario. I tell people my, my worst college basketball beat was years ago. It was Georgetown, and they were favored by like seventeen and a half or something like that. Um, and or no, it was fourteen and a uh, fourteen and a half, and they were up uh, seventeen. And you have to go back. I don't even remember who they were playing, and the ball got thrown in, and here I am, like, celebrating, and a guy threw up a three-quarter court shot, and it went in. Like, had no reason to throw it up. The game was over with. So then Georgetown ended up winning by 14. I lost by a half a point. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah. It, it's, those, uh, ones, those ones sit in your crawl. Like, you could hit five and miss that one, and that's the one you're going to think about the, the entire day. All right. Hey. Um, I remember all of my losses and hardly any of the great ways. <laughs> So. Um, we're, we're not going to go too long today because I, I know Stan's got a run and Dan Shaughnessy's coming on with us. But it, Stan, mm-hmm. Stan's all excited. He's very hot and bothered about the Wizards' start. Should yeah. he be as excited? And they're in first place in the East. He's like a legit fan. Should he be this excited, or should we be saying, "Hey, it's it's unbelievably early. This is still the Wizards that we're talking about." So I, I think they're built for the regular season, which is enjoy it. You know, they're going to mm-hmm. make this run, and then you you got to start adding your pieces in because. You know, trading Westbrook, uh, although he fills up the stat sheet and <clears throat> probably a lot more fun to watch, uh, I would say is having you know having another superstar to go along with Beal. But in reality, the additions of you know picking up Spencer Dinwiddie and then Kyle Kuzma, Montrez Harrell, and Harrell, and um, and of course even Kenan, uh, you know Caldwell Pope, KCP coming over in that trade, like you've kind of established some of your depth. Now it gives your draft picks a little bit more time to turn things around. We still haven't even had a chance uh, really to see um, – why am I blanking on the kid's name from Gonzaga that they drafted last Kispert, year? So, Corey, yeah, Corey Kispert. Corey Kispert. Yeah. Yeah, so, no, no, not Kispert. Oh, you mean Ayayi, uh, right? The, the Japanese uh, – Oh, Hachimura. Hachimura. Sorry. Hachimura, oh, geez, yeah. yeah. I couldn't think of his name. But, like, even when Hachimura gets in the mix, so now you got to figure out your bench becomes a little bit deeper. The scary part is can they win that way? Sure they can. But when you look at the East, what's going to happen as we get into the postseason – and now you got Jimmy Butler playing 40 minutes. You've got Kyle Lowry playing 40. And, and you know, that 
you're, you're going to see more of the superstars out there on a consistent basis or they get shorter rest. And I think ultimately you having great depth isn't enough for the talent that other teams have in the long run. You can, you can still win, but I think in a seven-game set, it usually shows out that the better team's going to move forward or the team with more talent. Um, and, but I, I think you know, them getting in the playoffs and making this push, now, now you start to realize, all right, we don't have to trade Bradley Beal. We don't have to move him. We can add and build around him because he is a legitimate superstar, whether people want to label him that or not. All right. Uh, Jeremy Kahn, when are, when are we hearing you back on the air? I'm back on on Thursday. Okay. Um, I, so, like, I got moved to the morning show, and I had all these vacation days. And at the end of the year, I was like, hey, you guys want to buy these back? They're like, nope. And I said, all right. And then I'm just going <laughs> to use them all. So I, I, you're going you're not going to be hearing me as much the next two months, I think. But uh, can, I buy um, a, can I buy one or two back from you? I'll, I'll sell them to you dirt cheap. Uh, uh, well, you I buy two, you get one free. I need, yeah, I I, need I, you for a day over here to do a drinking show. So that uh, – that, that, I don't know if you're – well, we'll talk about that. We'll talk yeah, about what I'm you're – I'm in for that. All right. So. All right. We'll make that happen. Try to raise some money for helping up Mission. At Jeremy Kahn, 105.7 on Twitter, of course, the Big Bad Morning Show back on Thursday, and then uh, PressBoxOnline.com for his picks. Jeremy Good Kahn. Talk. Good talking to you, JC. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Dan. I'll Jeremy Kahn checking in with us here on GCR. Before you run out, Stan, a couple of thoughts that uh, yeah. people sent in. One, uh, Paul from Orlando wants to know, uh, what do you think of the Orioles losing Hunter Harvey? I know he's been injury-prone, but still kind of a bummer. I, I wrote the uh, piece back in, I think it was May. It might have been June's paper. Uh, that the 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 juice was no longer worth the squeeze with Hunter Harvey, uh, and at that time I had sort of exhausted my patience. It's nothing personal yep. against Hunter Harvey. Yep. I think he's a wonderful kid. I love his father. Uh, I hope he, I hope he has a gangbuster season. I hope in he's San I hope he's Kevin Gosman, right? Yeah. yeah. But but the reality was that Brandon Hyde has had him for three years. And he's pitched a total of 22 innings in the major leagues. I mean, it's not it's working. Just, it's right. just not worth it. It's, it's not a, working. It's not a big. It's not a big loss to the ball club. And the fact he might go on and have a great season in San Francisco should not be room to criticize Michael Elias. I can I compare that to the Arietta thing. Look, yeah. it's it's a bummer that it doesn't work yep. somewhere. It's a real bummer. And you know, is there a bigger problem if that's if 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 Hunter Harvey were to go to San Francisco and succeed? There would immediately be a bunch of people that would want to bring up, you know, some of the same things we talked about and watching Kevin Gosman find success and, and watching Jake Arrieta find success. My big bummer with Jake Arrieta, and I'll, I'll say this one more time, wasn't that he didn't work out with the Orioles. It was Buck Showalter's decision not to bring Rick Kranitz back mm, and sure, to go to sure. one of his buddies who then quit on him six or seven weeks mm -hmm. into the next season. And we ended up with Rick Adair. As Jake well, Arrieta's well, pitching well, coach. What has Rick Kranitz ever done since then? Yeah. What, you know, what, is, yeah. what has he ever, what yeah, success has he ever been, been right, able to find? Exactly. I don't know, man. Like, barely, barely registers. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. whatsoever. All right, exactly. tonight you and uh, Bill Stecka Bill talking Stetka, baseball. Bill Stecka, 6 o'clock, uh, talking about his uh, dual jobs as director of Oriole Alumni Affairs and Orioles historian. And we'll talk about his recent trip. He, he and Andrew were down at the uh, oh, yeah. game in Miami. Yeah, I went down to Miami. Had great seats. <laughs> Wrong game for that. Wrong, Wrong game, for that. game for that. All right. uh, and actually, Stan's not even really leaving us because he's going to talk to Dan Shaughnessy with us in just a couple of minutes, too, because uh, uh, full disclosure, we taped it right before the show began. It today. worked out that way. <laughs> it's the way it actually, went. Actually, you could have said, hey, Stan's jumped back in. Right, right. I could do that. Well, we're on video, so they would see. Stan, appreciate you, pal. Great to see you. Add Stan the fan me, really. on Twitter. The Chief Graham, Graham Poobah, great to have him back today. 
as uh, he just happened to be in studio. Uh, quickly from uh, John in Little Rock. Uh, quick, first, quickly, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com, buyatoyota.com. Easy for me to say. I talk for a living. Uh, bring you today's program. Of course, make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4 available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. John and Little Rock, uh, peanut butter pies are great, homemade ones. I've never heard of a specific Reese's pie. Not sure I would go for that gimmick on Thanksgiving Day. It's pecan pie, the goat of pies. Thank you. Sweet potato is second, but still great. This is why John and I, we, we get each other. We understand each other. He's a good man. He understands things. Uh, Brian Powell, Reese's is coming out with peanut butter cups with potato chips inside the peanut butter. You guys in or out? Brian, we talked about this in the last Tyus Bowser show, in fact. Uh, uh, Tyus, Deshaun Elliott, Rita, and I had this conversation it's a no. It's 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 spitting in the face of God, right? To uh, quote super bad, right? Like it's this is an absolute disgrace. Pe- Reese's peanut butter cups are perfect. Leave them alone. Stop effing with them. You cannot improve them. They are literal perfection. They cannot be bettered. Stop trying to mess with it. I'm a big potato chip guy. I consider myself a potato chip connoisseur. Okay. The, how do you get a potato chip inside of a Reese's peanut butter cup and have it not get soggy? And if they have a chip that doesn't get soggy, I'm not sure I want to eat it. Try to think scientifically about how that would be possible, and I don't know the answer off the top of my head. I don't know that it matters to me. I, so everybody brings up like the, you know, the first time you try like a chocolate dip potato chip, and you're like, mm-hmm. I don't know why this works, but it works, right? <laughs> like, okay, so so sell chocolate dip potato chips or or Reese's dipped potato chips if you want to. That's fine. I'm not opposed to that idea, but stop thinking. The, the Reese's peanut butter or the Reese's pieces inside the peanut butter cup. Not the Reese's peanut butter cup is the most perfect creation of a snack food in the history of humanity. There is nothing that compares. There's nothing that's even a close. There are other good. A, a, a Snickers candy bar is a very good candy, right? It's quite the good candy. There is nothing in the history of humanity that has ever compared to a simple Reese's peanut butter cup uh, candy. That's the greatest thing that's ever existed. The wife brought home a week or two ago. Chocolate-covered Ritz crackers. I'm sure they were a revelation. Wait, are they? they were no, wait a second. Good. Are they just the cracker, or is it like a? Because I, we, my family does a a giant cookie baking day every year. Mm-hmm. And uh, my uncle, before he passed away, he decided that his job, and everybody's got their own thing that they do, right? And like it's all over. Some people are doing sugar cookies. Other people are doing a, a banana chocolate chip. I mean, like it's just every. We have a like a 40, 50 person giant, all the cousins, all their kids. Like it's a whole thing that we do. And everybody, each individual family is like responsible for something else within this context. And my uncle, uh, before he passed, just decided that his addition to cookie baking day would be taking random things and dipping them in chocolate. <laughs> like that was what he was going to do. And so when my uncle passed away, I was put in charge of being the chocolate person moving forward. And I will tell you, the first time he ever did it, he took the Ritz sandwiches, the peanut butter sandwiches, wow, and dipped those in chocolate. Changed my life. I mean, changed my life. They were so good. That was a jaw dropper. Yeah, for it's, me. It's I'm telling because you, these the record just, the record scratches. These were just the Ritz crackers themselves, and I'm sure the they're jo- good. And they were very. Good, I'm sure but they're with good. The peanut butter in there. Per- oh. Oh, otherworldly, otherworldly concept. We're gonna have. To, I, I bet they make them. I, I strongly. Re- they might. They might very I well. I don't know. Them. This was just my uncle messing around one day. Dipped them in, and I said, "This is 
This is all we need. This is all we need in the world at this point. We still have not been able to successfully dip uh, uh, pickles in chocolate. Everybody knows I'm obsessed with pickles, and so for years, love pickles. But you have to you have to get them so dehydrated in order for it to work that there's no there's just no obvious way for to, to be successful. So we have not been able to, uh, to do that. Why don't you just dip a dill pickle chip? In chocolate. It still has to be dehydrated. It still has to be, like, you have to dehydrate the pickles so much, like, in order to make no, it No, no, I mean, like, the actual potato chips. Oh, you mean, a, make, oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, well, they're, the fried pickle chips are perfection. Um, yeah, I mean, we could do that. Like, I'm, it's something that we might think about this year, but um, I'd like to do it with an actual pickle. Yeah. I just, it's a lot of work to put into it. Um, so, yes, the answer is no on the chips inside there. Uh, oh, sorry, Paul. I didn't see yet another a different question for Stan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, he wanted to know about um, if the Orioles should cut bait with Yusniel Diaz after his latest injury. Um, I mean, I don't know why you'd cut bait with him. Like, what's the what's the point of that? I mean, he's still only 25. He's still under team control. But, but I am certainly not of the opinion that at some point. I think he. I think he'll never amount to anything in Baltimore. I think he's had every, the opportunity, and, he, yeah. and and a he can't stay healthy, and b when he has stayed healthy, he hasn't performed. But they're going to keep him around because he was a centerpiece of the Manny Machado trade, and they want to see if they can get anything out of him. This is this is his last opportunity, in my opinion. John also says that pecan pies are apparently served year round in Arkansas. That's uh that might be true. It might be true. I don't know how I would feel. It's in the summer there's no way. I couldn't eat a the pecan pie in the summer. Well, maybe I could. I take that back. Maybe I I've definitely I don't know how many other people have, but I've definitely done the bit where you wake up like the morning uh, one week the weekend after Thanksgiving and you go to have breakfast and you just end up having a slice of pecan pie for breakfast. I've never experienced that. I've definitely pulled that number. There is one hundred percent chance that that happens again in my life uh and he says i've had pretzels and chocolate candy and it's not soggy so assuming you could do the same with chips and candy now no need to mess with the classic peanut butter cup though that's it for me that's all i'm saying i I, even if it works it's not there's just no way it's as good as a regular peanut butter cup because nothing in the world is as good as a regular reese's peanut butter cup it's the greatest thing that has ever existed stop trying to improve perfection there are plenty of things that i will try just to see what all all the huff is about. Like, for example, Australia came out with a Mountain Dew-flavored Dorito. I, a, I would like to try it. And apparently yes, it's god-awful. I'm sure But I is. would love to know what it tastes like. I would like to try that as well. So I'm 100%. sure I'll try a peanut butter cup. We, uh, we have a couple that we're friends with. We call them the Gatsby's because they uh, were always the ones that were hosting the parties mm-hmm. in our lives. And uh, whenever we get together with the Gatsby's, we have we have a chip tasting party. We, I go to the grocery store and find like four bags of chips that I've never tried before, and right. we bring them over and have a nice chip tasting party with the Gatsby's whenever we do that. So I'd 100% do it. That's yeah. a definite thing. Absolutely. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. When we come back in, Dan Shaughnessy from the Boston Globe is going to join us. He's got a new book out uh, about uh, his time with the Larry Bird era Celtics. We'll talk about the Patriots as well as the baseball situation. All that coming up with Dan Shaughnessy next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Come in for Glory Burgers, Glory Wings. There's glory for everyone at Glory Days Grill. Enjoy their award-winning burgers, ribs, and wings. Or try our fresh salads, hand-cut salmon, 
or our scrumptious sandwiches. Yum! Come in for our daily specials every weekday like $6.99 burgers on Mondays and $5.99 nachos on Thursdays. And watch football on their big screens every Monday, Thursday, and Sunday. Dine in and let us serve you or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and take it home. Visit us at glorydaysgrill.com for a location near you. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. Once again this season, Pressbox's Project Game Day is the destination at halftime and postgame for every Baltimore football game. You want to talk about the game without all the nonsense, coach speak, and fluff of your typical show? Tune into Project Game Day. Glenn Clark is with you at halftime, and he's once again joined postgame by your favorite analysts like the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard, Ken Zalis, and more. Watch the show at Facebook.com slash Sports and listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. PressBox's Project Game Day, every game day, presented by Glory Days Grill and Window Nation. I've driven my tractor trailer millions of miles, and I've seen it all. The next time you change lanes when driving, remember, because of the sheer weight and size of my truck, I'm not able to stop quickly if you cut me off and brake suddenly. One wrong decision could change our lives forever. Trucks need room to stop. Don't cut it close. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. Receive a free Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich offer card as a thank you when you donate Toys for Tots on Saturday, November 20th at any of the 13 Baltimore area Chick-fil-A Stuff the Truck event sites. Be one of the first 50 people to donate and you also get a free t-shirt. For a location list and more information, visit PressBoxOnline.com slash Toy Drive. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. And try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. All right, back in here on GCR today's show. Uh, also brought to you by our friends at Mobile. Oh no, I already did that one. Oh, you know what? I love them though. I want to make that very clear. Really appreciate Mobile One. So instead, I'll tell you that this one's also brought to you by Window Nation. Again, final opportunity for you to take advantage of their best offer ever: two free windows for every two you buy, plus no payments for two full years. Temperatures is getting colder. I know last week we had sort of like a nice, uh, pleasant uh, week of weather, but you know, it ain't going to last. It's getting colder. Natural gas prices quite high. Get your windows taken care of now. 866-90NATION or windownation.com in order to find out more. All right, we had to do this uh, before today's program because of his schedule. Uh, our next guest, he's got a, a new book out. He's, of course, a Hall of Fame writer and more. Dan Shaughnessy. Let's take a listen right now here on GCR. 
Well, a pleasure now to be joined here on GCR by a legendary Boston Globe columnist, a Hall of Fame writer, and now the author of the new book, Wish It Lasted Forever, Life with the Larry Bird Celtics. It's a pleasure to welcome Dan Shaughnessy back to GCR. Dan, it's Glenn, Stan, and Paul in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Always good to be talking to the folks of Baltimore. Lip Loved it every day. Uh, I mean, we miss you here, but obviously things have been all right for you ever since you left. You've had some good fortune in your life with some of the things you've been able to cover. Uh, Dan, take me through. I, I haven't had a chance to read the book yet. Looking forward to getting my hands on it. It seems like the book is a lot about the Celtics and really also about your own experiences and how different maybe times were that made things so special for you. Sure thing. I mean, the Larry Bird Celtics, of course, is the 80s, the NBA. I mean... I still remember the Baltimore Bullets, so I go back in time on this. And it uh, was a privilege to be able to cover that team for the Boston Globe. Of course, Bird came on in, in 79 and got in the finals five times and won three championships in the 1980s. And it was, uh, it was just it was different then. You know, and I know during the pandemic, that kind of sparked this book. You know, you got the pandemic going on, and everybody thought there was going to be babies born nine months after the pandemic. And there's books coming out nine months and a year <laughs> two after the pandemic because everybody was home and, Kept watching the last dance on those Sunday nights and seeing the good ball that was played in the in the 80s and 90s and and in Boston they were showing Celtic classics from the Larry Bird era and I kept seeing my 28 year old self sitting there at courtside covering those teams and been telling those stories in bars for 30 years I'm like let's go back and revisit how much fun that was and it and it really was and those seats now go for thousands of dollars and the lowly media had them back in the 80s and we were upfront and personal for everything that went on you could hear everything. It was a different league then. The finals weren't the big deal. They weren't global. And we had access to them. We traveled commercial. We waited for bags together. We stayed in hotels, hotel bars, lobbies, all that stuff. So just we were able to tell the readers what Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish were like, as opposed to today when really nobody gets close to Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kevin Durant, whatnot. It's just the moat has is, is, is widened there, and it's it's hard to get near him. But in those days, we were with him. So this is kind of a... It's my great Gatsby, okay? So the Celtics are Gatsby, and I'm Nick Carraway, just an observer, and, and telling you what it was like to be around these characters and, and how much fun it was. And the title comes from Bill, Bill Walton saying, the Celtics gave me my life back, they saved my life, and, and those are the best days of my life in basketball, and I wish it lasted forever, and, and that's what we're writing about here. That's cool. Favorite, favorite non-Hall of Fame. You know, we, we know about the Larry Birds. We know about the Kevin McHales. We know about the Robert Parrishes of the world. Who's the player that you say, this is the guy – that you're going to enjoy reading most about in this book besides the guys, the cast of characters you're most familiar with? Well, I mean, uh, people are familiar with Cedric Maxwell. He was MVP of the finals in 81, and, and he carried him in game 7 84. And, you know, he got traded away and is not in the Hall of Fame. You know, like he would get, you know, he would match up against James Worthy, who is in the Hall of Fame, and he would get in his head. You know, he'd be giving him the choke sign and making fun of him and, and doing all this cartoonish stuff and, and, and then kind of, the Celtics were able to beat those Lakers when, you know, Kareem and Magic and Worthy were probably a little bit better than what Boston had. But the Celtics got in their heads, and uh, Maxwell was a, a prime guy doing that. ML Carr, same thing. Jerry Henderson. They had characters, and they would uh, they would trash talk you, and uh, and then and then steal your lunch money. Dan. Uh, uh... You know, the folks around these parts, of course, remember how Red Auerbach had orchestrated the draft a few years later than Larry came into the league to, to get Len Bias. But can you take us back to the draft that Red took Larry Bird? Was there any 
any other player he was interested in? Was there ever any scintilla of doubt that he was going to take Larry Bird? Red was always kind of thinking ahead. And, of course, you know, Red's a D.C. guy and coached high school ball in D.C. Yep. and went to George Washington and uh, never left. Uh, his wife grazed their two daughters down in, on Massachusetts Avenue. He always really cared about the, the teams in Washington, and, and he was very familiar with the local players, and that's how the bias thing came came down. Those guys would be uh, counselors at the Celtics summer camps mm-hmm. and stuff. Len Bias was a counselor. Adrian Dantley was a counselor, those kinds of things. But you go back to that 78 draft. The Celtics were down at that time. He had made a deal um, to acquire Bob McAdoo against his wishes. The owner, John Y. Brown, wanted that done. And Red used that chip to later get Parrish and McHale from Golden State for Joe Barry Carroll. But in the meantime, he had kind of a bad team and uh, yeah. wanted to, to bring it back. He had brought it back once after Russell left. They won two championships in the 70s. Now it was bottoming out again in the late 70s. Bird was draft eligible as a junior. Red knew that. Nobody else, anybody else who knew it didn't want to take a chance. Portland, there were five teams that did not take that chance in the 78 draft. Red picked Bird at six because he was willing to wait a year to get him. Bird then went off and had his 33-0 season for Indiana State, comes up against Magic in the finals, and the Celtics had a year to sign him. And they mm-hmm. spent that year recruiting him while he was in college. They'd send Casey Jones and Tommy Heinsohn and, and guys down there to try and chat him up and convince him to sign when he was done playing. When he did finish that season after losing to Michigan State, the, the last place Celtics still had like eight games left, and Red tried to talk Larry into coming up then and playing in the <laughs> NBA seconds after playing in the NCAA final against Michigan State. And Larry had to complete his degree at, at Terre Haute and had to do some driver's education teaching and working with special needs kids and finishing up the degree. So he, he didn't do that, and it went down to the wire. Red, Red could have lost him because if Larry didn't sign by draft day, he was going back into the draft. Mm. But it was a gamble. The Celtics had two first-rounders that year. They took Freeman with the other ones, and, and they brought a bird on board right before the next draft and then, of course, had him as a rookie in 79 and had the greatest single-season turnaround. They went from, like, I think, 29 wins to 62 wins in one year. Remarkable. Wow. Wish It Lasted Forever is the book. Dan Shaughnessy is with us, and we've linked the book up on our Twitter page, at Glenn Clark Radio. And, of course, we would continue to see Red Auerbach at the Maryland basketball games, really, until the day oh, yeah. he died. I mean, he continued to be a fixture. Hey, uh, Dan, we're uh, starting to get a little bit nervous in Baltimore about the Patriots, man. We are starting <laughs> to think that they are, like, as legit as it gets again in the AFC. How concerned should we be that they're a viable Super Bowl threat at this point? It's just amazing, guys. I'm, I'm really enjoying this much more than a lot of the other ones. Um, and, again, you know. Is there, is there a new book I'm, in there, Dan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, no more books, please. This is wearing me out. But, no, I mean, you know, so this is Belichick's kind of return to – to dominance again, or whatever you want to call it. But when Brady left, they had had a that, – that last year, Brady, we see they were 8-0, and then it was an unhappy time. They end up losing to the Titans in the first round. Brady leaves. He goes off and wins a Super Bowl for the clown show in Tampa, and Bill goes 7-9 and nine out of the playoffs with Cam Newton that year, last year, and then starts off 1-4 and four this year, or 1-3, whatever it was. It wasn't good. And they lost their first four home games. Well, now they're on a four-game winning streak – they're just, you know, they're taking care of business. Crushed the Browns yesterday, 45-7. And um, they got a big game with the Titans in two weeks. But in this AFC, and you guys know this as well as anyone, it looks pretty wide open right now. And with the Patriots playing hot, and they got the rookie who's from Alabama. He was 19 for 23 yesterday. They've let him be a game manager and keep the lid on him, protect the ball, and conservative play calling. But it opened up a little bit yesterday. And they're a scary proposition right now. We'll see where this thing goes. 
I mean, they, they took Tampa to, to the edge. They went into overtime with Dallas. Um, they really, New Orleans is the only team that really spanked them. So uh, they're, they're a threat. Six and four, they got Atlanta Thursday night, and then, uh, you know, ten days before they play the Titans here. But in a wide-open AFC, they, they got a shot to, to go win a couple playoff games, I believe. We've got a local sports writer here who covers the Ravens, Mike Preston. I'm not sure if you know Mike or not, but he spoke the other I know day. Of him. Yeah, he spoke the other day about two weeks ago, so it wasn't after yesterday's game. And he predicted that by the end of the season, the Patriots were going to – he was speaking before a group of sports fans here called the Sports Boosters, and he said that the Patriots were going to be the team to beat in the Super Bowl. That's that's pretty mind-boggling. Bold. It's bold. That's pretty good. He said that before. Yeah, right. It's like three weeks ago. Yeah, three weeks yeah, ago. pretty good. Hey, Dan, before we let you go, I know we need to let you run and do another one of these, but your, your thoughts, you know, prediction about how this is all going to play out with Major League Baseball, the work stoppage that we're all expecting at this point. Do you have a, a 60-second rundown that you can give us? Uh, nobody has any appetite for that. We've all seen this before. They've had labor peace for a while. I hope so. Hasn't been quite as much saber-rattling and noise from both parties, but there's a lot of distrust on both sides. I know that. I was happy to see. It looks like Eduardo Rodriguez, who Orioles yeah. originally traded to Boston, has gone yeah. to Detroit, it, it appears. And wow. I hope we see that kind of action with guys are moving around. It would, it would be an indicator that you know, maybe things are going to be a little bit more normal in the offseason. They won't have to get to this impasse. But we're all worried about it. We can't have it. Cannot have it. And make the Orioles better, will you? Those were so great those years. Get yeah, them ho- better. Hopefully Adley Rutschman will solve some of that. And we're not mad about the Eduardo Rodriguez thing because Andrew Miller worked out pretty okay for the Orioles in 2014. Absolutely. At Dan underscore Shaughnessy on Twitter is how you follow him. Again, the book, Wish It Lasted Forever. Dan, really appreciate you taking the time for us. Best of luck with the book, and we'll chat again real soon, all right? Thanks for the time, guys. Dan Shaughnessy checking in with us here on GCR. Again, the new book, Wish It Would Have Lasted Forever, about the uh, Larry Bird era Boston Celtics and his time being around the team. Um, I, I've told you guys for a few weeks, I'm very concerned about the Patriots. I think they're a legitimate threat in the AFC. Um, what they're doing is very Patriots-esque, so I am nervous about it. The Press Box Fantasy Football Show returns this Thursday, 11.30 a.m. Of course, KZ will be here, and we will answer your questions for week 11 of the NFL season. I am in serious danger of going 0-3 this week, and basically falling apart i am in serious danger of this being the end of the road for your boy but we will uh, forge forward and see if i can't sort of scrap my way into the playoffs as uh, the press box fantasy football show 11:30 a.m every thursday morning brought to you by ccbc glory days grill in the maryland department of transportation join us this thursday morning with kz and we come back in uh quick recap of picks tidbit tubular to wrap it up it's glenn clark radio The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is coming soon to Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Maryland, this is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Need to hone your computer skills to boost your career? Or maybe you want an IT certification. CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field. And it's all tuition free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Call 443-840-4700 
or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. All good things come to an end, which is the case with Window Nation's best offer ever. You can still get two free windows with every two purchased, plus no down payment, no monthly payment, and no interest payments for two years. But hurry, because this stellar deal ends this month. Cold weather is here, natural gas prices are the highest they've been in years, and wasting energy with old, inefficient windows will cost you a fortune. Get two free windows with every two you buy, plus pay nothing for two full years. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. The offseason is upon us, but baseball never sleeps. Hi, I'm Zach Goodman. You can find me on the Batteron with host Paul Valley every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon. We've got the best local coverage on every trade and signing, plus every update on the new CBA negotiations. You can watch us live at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. That's the Batteron every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon for the best in offseason baseball coverage. Looking for a simple holiday meal? Try Chick-fil-A Catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. Well, it's Monday. That means that tonight at Glory Days Grill, you can get over and enjoy $6.99 burgers. Of course, they do $5.99 chili nachos on Thursdays at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. You know how much I love Glory Days Grill. What's not the love? GloryDaysGrill.com. Get your order in. Enjoy some delicious Glory Days Grill food tonight, either uh, right there or take it home and have it there. Again, GloryDaysGrill.com is the website. Um, not a great weekend to picks. Uh, I I had to be a gentleman. Um, there was a small mistake made, and uh, it, 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 we'll go over picks right now from the week. Um, the three college games we picked. Everybody was on Michigan State, and who did indeed take care of business, forty to twenty one against Maryland. Unfortunate. Um, you know Maryland had their chances to find their way into that game, just not able to take advantage of them. Some struggles from uh, Talia Tungavailoa. They have two games left to try to get bowl eligible. Saturday at home against Michigan, and then on the road against Rutgers. And like Rutgers actually has some things like going for them. They beat Indiana on Saturday. That trip to Rutgers is not a sure thing for Maryland, and that's kind of terrifying because that's it. That's that's the only real chance they have of getting bowl eligible, which is important is important for showing progress, is important for getting the fan base to believe that there is something that is still building moving forward. Um, I, you know, I, I'll, we'll deal with it when, if, if and when we get there. Like, we'll talk about it more, but it's pretty significant um, as that it, it all appears to be coming down to that. Now, hopefully Maryland beats you know Michigan at home. That'd be great. But Rutgers is now 5-5 five and five by virtue of beating Indiana. They won 38-3 at Indiana on Saturday. So they go to Penn State this week. Presumably they don't win that game. They will also be playing for bowl eligibility in the final week of the season. 
So that game will have a lot at stake and not a sure thing for Maryland. They're just going to get in. But um, that's the reality. Everybody was on Michigan State in our picks. Uh, Baylor knocks off Oklahoma 27-14. to So not only did they cover, but they went outright. KZ and Kyle were on Baylor, and that one removes Oklahoma from the national championship conversation. Uh, Ohio State covers against Purdue. Despite it being a big number, they win 59-31. Uh, a mistake was made in reporting. I did not take Ohio State. I wish I did. I did not. I took Purdue. As a gentleman and a scholar, I was willing to point that out and not just accept the free point that everyone would have given me because I am a sporting chap. I believe in the sanctity of the contest. And so um, I uh, I accepted my loss on that one. NFL games we picked. Of course, everybody was on Baltimore. Womp, womp. Everyone was on Tennessee. They were favored by three points. They won by only two. That's a bummer. That's a bummer, but everybody picked it the same way, so it didn't much matter. 23-21, of course. Um, I talked about that earlier. You know, Adam Troutman gets called for offsides. They're going for two late in the game to try to tie it up. And who knows? Who knows? Tennessee is the best team by record in the AFC, but they are certainly not uh, without their own warts and without their own flaws. New England uh, favored by a point and a half at home against Cleveland. They rolled 45-7. to I mean, it's a butt-kicking from start to finish. They're really good, despite the fact that, by the way, New England didn't have their top running back in Damian Harrison. They made it work with Ramondre Stevenson, had a huge game. Brandon Bolden had a nice game as well. Everybody was on uh, New England except for Ken Zalas. The good news for him is he was the only one of us that was on Dallas, and it's always one of those situations when you see a line that makes no sense, and that's what we saw with uh, Dallas being favored by nine points over Atlanta. We're like, what? what? That doesn't make any sense. Yep, should have gone with your gut. When the line makes no sense, you just hammer it. Didn't do that. That's a bummer. Dallas rolls. They beat Atlanta 43-3, to so KZ gets that point, which washes out the one before that he lost. Then uh, Green Bay. Ugly game, very difficult to watch. Not a lot that was entertaining about it, but they ultimately beat Seattle 17-0. Uh, myself, Kyle, and Stecka were on the Packers there, so we all get that point. And Kansas City rolls in Vegas 41-14. Everybody but Stecka was on the Chiefs there. And that was significant because Stecka ended up losing some ground this week. He went 3-6. and six. I and uh, Proctor both went uh, four and five. Kyle and KZ went five and four. So now for the year, I'm sitting at 52 and 43, still in first place, but Kyle creeps back within uh, four games now of the top spot on the table. KZ is seven games back at 45 and 50. Stecka is nine games back at 43 and 52, but now he is only one game in front of John Proctor at the bottom of the table. Proctor is 42-53. and 42-53. Ten games back of me, one game behind Stecka in the race to avoid being the one that has to come in here, get their back waxed, eat a tarantula, and sing Hero from the first Spider-Man movie. That's what's at stake for the loser. A little bit of cash at the top of the table. So that's our picks update for the week. Picks update also brought to you by the new print issue of PressBox, which is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. Read it all. PressBoxOnline.com. Brenda Freeze on the cover. 20th season as the head coach at the University of Maryland. Tidbit brought to you by the Tyus Bowser Show. We announced earlier today that uh, our friend, the NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard, is going to be part of the Tyus Bowser Show the rest of the way. We're very excited about that. 
Tyus Bowser show every, not every week, but we've done, we got four more before the season ends, including tomorrow night. Uh, we will be at Mother's in Timonium for the next Tyus Bowser show. It's brought to you by Pressbox Great Eights Memorabilia, as well as our friends at Window Depot Baltimore, windowdepotbaltimore.com, and Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, duffysgaragemd.com. Plus, Rita is with us, courtesy of my bookie. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow night at Mother's in Timonium with Tyus Bowser and his special guest for the next Tyus Bowser show. All right, so tidbit today. Admittedly, this one's going to be a little bit more difficult. Mm, don't um, like that. Yeah. Um, yesterday was the first time Russell Wilson has been shut out in his NFL career, spending 166 starts, including the postseason. It was the first time Seattle had been shut out since 2011. Since 2011, every team but eight has been sh- uh, has been shut out at least once. Not, not a chance. Not a chance in the world. But I'm just guessing the team, so... Um, I mean, some of them are teams that have not been shut out since 2011. Uh, the Packers, no. The uh, the the Patriots, uh, no. The Ravens, the Ravens. They have the second um, longest drought. Uh, September 15th, 2002, they lost 25 to nothing to the Buccaneers. The Saints. The Saints have the longest drought. They lost January 6, 2002 in the 2001 season finale against the 49ers, 38 to nothing. The Cowboys. No. The The Steelers. Steelers, November 26, 2007, they lost to the Ravens, 27 to nothing. The Colts. No. The Broncos. No. Some the, of these teams you would never think. The Eagles. No. The Vikings. The Vikings. November 11, 2007, they lost to the Packers. Uh, it, I believe it was 35 to nothing. The Chargers. No. The Rams. No. The 49ers. 49ers. November 21, 2010, they lost to the Buccaneers, 21 to nothing. The, the Falcons. No. The Titans. The Bengals. The Browns. Just naming the teams. The Jets, the Giants, the Bills. Stop me when I get the one. The Panthers. The Panthers, November 24th, 2002. Falcons, they lost to the Falcons 41. The Buccaneers. The Dolphins. No. The Jaguars. Jags, November 11th, 2009. They lost to the Seahawks 41. The Texans. The Bears. The Lions. The Detroit Lions are the last team. October 18th, 2009. I did this last night, and I was like, oh, this is a good one. And I got here today, and I was like, very, this is, I was like, just, this is not a good one. It's just very random. It's just very random. But there's only so many teams that you can guess. Um, the uh, Ravens, I think we talked a little bit about this uh, last week. The Ravens had scored at least 14 points in all of 40, uh, Lamar Jackson's 45 career regular season starts until Thursday night. Um, that was an NFL record. There are only three other quarterbacks that have started their career by scoring at least 14 points in at least 23 straight games. Do you know who they are? Dan Marino? Nope. Wow. That's just a wrench in everything. Um, I'll give you one of them because there's no chance in hell you're getting Daryl LaMonica. So yeah, there's we'll just a, there go ahead just and no give you way. that one. There's two that are modern. Two that are modern. Tom Brady would be the obvious one, but I don't. Th- I, I can remember him scoring like ten no, they, points they, in a game. They weren't really enough offensive juggernaut at the right. start. He was a game manager. Two of them are modern. 
Ben, ben Roethlisberger. Not Ben Roethlisberger. Nope. Um, definitely not Eli. Philip Rivers. Not Philip Rivers. Drew Brees. Not Drew Brees. But that's the type of thought that you should have, yes. Um, so you mean like a gunslinger? Kind of. Brett I mean, Favre. Not Brett Favre, but... Aaron Rodgers. Of course, Aaron Rodgers is one of them. And the other one is the most logical of all of them because nobody had a better first season than this guy did. Oh, Patrick Mahomes. Nope. Oh, wait, really? Nope. Nobody... Well, I Think guess about technically it. that was his second season. Think about it. Well, that's still, it was his first season as a starter. He didn't win the Super Bowl, though. Oh, man. I'm drawing a blank on who won the Super Bowl in, on, 20, in 2018 nah, or 20... Not, that's not that, not that recent. <sighs> Give me a second. I can, I can get this. Made his debut against the Ravens. Made his debut against the Ravens? Yep. His first career start was against the Ravens. That was Eli Manning. Not it wasn't Eli Manning. First career start against mm-hmm. the Ravens. I have no clue. Come on, man. Kurt pa- Warner. Pa- Kurt, Kurt Warner. That's right, because Trent Green like broke he his leg and he got hurt. the start. And they, they they beat the Ravens like sixteen to nothing yep. or something like Went that. Went on to win the Super Bowl. Kurt Warner is the answer. That's pl- the I, one. I remember where I was when I saw that. I was mm-hmm. playing golf with my dad well, when I saw that, and I can't remember Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner. All right, Tubular is brought to you by uh, your local uh, Baltimore-area Chick-fil-A restaurants. We're stuffing the truck this Saturday. Need you to step up and support them, and they're hooking you up with a free Chick-fil-A sandwich for doing it. They invite you to support Toys for Tots Saturday, November 20th. Donate a new toy at any of their 13 Stuff the Truck locations and receive a free sandwich offer card as a thank you. For more information, visit PressBoxOnline.com slash ToyDrive. Here's what's coming up uh, today and tonight, totally tubular-wise. Monday Night Football, and I, I am to understand the return of the Mannings this evening on ESPN2. So ESPN for Rams 49ers and the Mannings on ESPN2 at 8.15. College Hoops tonight, UMBC is at home, 7 o'clock on ESPN3 against Penn State, York. Coppin State is at UNC Greensboro at 7 on ESPN+, Plus. the ACC Network for Navy and Louisville at 8. Fox Sports 1, Illinois and Marquette, 7. Providence and Wisconsin at 9. These are the, I believe they call them the Gavit Games, the matchups between the Big Ten and the Big East. Unfortunately, Maryland did not get a game in that series this year. The rest of the college basketball, find it at glennclarkradio.com. As I mentioned, the NCAA tournament, uh, the NCAA soccer, soccer tournament selection show is today at 1 o'clock on NCAA.com. NBC Sports Washington for Pelicans Wizards at 7. NBA TV Nuggets Mavericks at 8. Bulls Lakers at 10.30. The Tennis Channel for the uh, ATP and WTA finals throughout the day today. And the USA Network tonight for WWE Monday Night Raw at 8. Some non-sports highlights. Uh, on Fox 911 at 8, uh, the CW All-American at 8. On A&E, an all-new episode of Hoarders at 8 and Intervention at 10. On CBS, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert featuring Paul Rudd and Sting at 11.35. On NBC, The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon featuring Alicia Keys and Funnel, no, Phineas. Ah, that's uh, that's uh, Billie Eilish's brother. Yeah. Uh, and then at, on ABC, Jimmy Kimmel Live featuring Halle Berry, Elle Fanning, and Little Sims. There you go. Uh, go find that at glennclarkradio.com as well. Thanks today to Stan the Fan for hanging out with us in studio. Thanks also to Dan Shaughnessy. Thanks to Steve Nichols, Loyola soccer head coach. They're going to the NCAA tournament. And to Jeremy Kahn. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Uh, Patrick Stevens will join us tomorrow for his weekly hit, Talking College Hoops. Kind of a rough couple of games for Maryland. They survived both of them against George Washington and Vermont, but 
Certainly not pretty. We'll talk about that with Patrick tomorrow and uh, stuff and things on tomorrow's program. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including CCBC, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, ExxonMobil, KNS Automotive, the Maryland Lottery, Great Eights Memorabilia, Live Casino Hotel, Chick-fil-A, the Baltimore area Chick-fil-A restaurants, Maryland Department of Transportation, Underdog Fantasy Football, Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, Window Depot, Baltimore, your local Toyota dealers, and buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Paul. Follow him on Twitter at Paul Valley the Third. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter and Instagram. Have a great Monday night. Go uh, UMBC and Coppin. Navy hoops. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too. <laughs>